Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. The adventure continues as we refuse to hang up our hat and whip. It's Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny on Normies Like Us. You heard it up top. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> we are picking up the whip one more time. We promise this time when we're talking about the hero that beats all heroes. That's right. The doctor himself, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny here on Numbers Like Us with your hosts. For some reason I want to say Nazi Colin and I hate no, it. Don't do that. And I also don't want to say it. So what 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 am I gonna say here? I'm gonna say like Wombat Colin. All right. Know. I'll just be Mike Mickelson. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. And this is Indiana Jake. And wow. the dial of this movie. Hey, Whoa. Yeah, the dial of this podcast. Yeah, you know, so we all went and saw a little indie movie over the weekend, and we're here to talk about Didn't. it. Hey. Love it. Thank you, thank you. I've been sitting on that all week. It's very um, good. But yeah, Indiana Jones, Dial of Destiny, big uh, send-off for one of cinema's biggest characters, like Colin said. Uh, we've done an Indy episode earlier. Yes. Go back, but yes. I definitely wanted to point history. out, Yeah. at one point we did like a summer of blockbusters, I think, and we That's definitely right. hit an Indiana Jones episode. And I remember it ruling. Mm-hmm. I want to say that was the, the summer of quarant- the first quarantine summer. When there wasn't a lot of new movies, right? So we started yes. doing classic blockbusters. Like yes. Jaws, yes. You're Terminator. probably right. Yes. yes. Jones. So go back ah. to those episodes, Norms. I'm sure they were great. So glad we did all that. We all, we all Bond memories. Yeah. We all yeah. Now, and we like indie generally, right? I mean, we do. Fans. Here's my question because my memory is not as good as Dr. Jones and that I can't tell you where an artifact came from just by looking at it. What uh, what was our histories with these films? Do we like these films? When was the last time you watched them, um, Jacob? I mean, I rewatch these movies a lot, uh, especially, you know, Raiders, Last Crusade, those two especially, um, but all of them. And for this uh, movie, I did rewatch a few. I rewatched Raiders, and then I skipped a Crystal Skull because I didn't want to. I didn't have a lot of time, so I was like, I can't, I'm not going to watch all of these. Temple of Doom, I skip over that one a lot of times just because it's not my favorite. Um, Crystal Skull, I wanted to watch though because it was the last one before this one. Well, you only like the Grandpa indie films, is that yes. right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, last Crusade, though, I think is up there with Raiders. For me, it's like one A and one B. Those two, and then. Okay. You know, we may go into Crystal Skull a little bit in comparison to this movie. And I'll say my hot take is that uh, I'm a Crystal Skull defender. I think that movie's mm. a little bit overhated, in my opinion. I literally just rewatched it so I can say that it's it's not a bad movie. And I sometimes would even take it over Temple of Doom. So there you go. That's my indie opinions. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, I think on the last episode we did, you know, I, I, we all grew up watching these, but I was... For whatever reason, I watched Temple of Doom the most. Uh, I after you know watching Last Crusade for the episodes. The last time I saw these was when we did that episode, so I don't watch them that frequently. But I'm right. familiar with them. I like them. You know, a good boulder chasing a guy, minecart. You know, 
Kalima, yeah. we named the dog Indiana. I'm here for it. Um, and I, I think I ended up being like Crusaders is again a one A one B, but I think Raiders yes. still just because it's the first one. And I, put I think Temple that's the... at, at, above Crystal Skull, but it was basically in yes. you know that order. I think that was the big conclusion that we came to in that last one was that Last Crusade is up there with Raiders, and some people actually like Last Crusade better. I think Raiders mm-hmm. is just like a perfect film, like it's the perfect version of that film. Uh, uh, but yeah, I also didn't rewatch them until like the last time I had rewatched them was for that last podcast until this weekend when I rewatched a couple of them. Right, right, right. And Colin, refresh us on where you were at. You know, it is scary how much, uh, I'm mirroring Jacob right now for this episode. Like, like, look, here was my ranking in the past. I'm a last crusade dude. You you could obviously never get me to say quality wise it's better than Raiders. I concede that. So like you, one A, one B. You like obviously, come on. And yeah. the rest are whatever. For this podcast, I rewatched Raiders and Crystal Skull, my friend. Yes. Oh my god. Um wow. and look, guys, we're old enough to say that Crystal Skull came out when we were in college. Like I I, I have very fond memories of going to it. Uh, we might have even been friends at the time, Jacob. That I can't recall. It might have been too young into our college. I don't know. It was 2008, career. so it was uh, the summer after I graduated high school. So it was before I started. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Definitely yeah. not then. Um, I, I saw and that just, the Cinerama Dome like, when I was in film. Oh, so you were already out here in California. So, like, it was That's very still Hollywood. Like, wow, Indiana Jones at the Cinerama. It was a big deal. Yeah. That is a nice one yeah. of a kind of experience. I just remember in college going with friends and being like, I'm too old to see this movie and I'm too old for Indiana Jones now. So guys, you certainly wouldn't believe how I felt for this movie we're going to talk <laughs> about today. Oh, geez, I can't yeah, wait. I may feel similarly. And you know, when I saw Crystal Skull in theaters, yeah. I didn't appreciate it as much, I think, as I do now because no. I didn't under like I I knew like I had seen Raiders of the Lost Ark and I'd seen all the movies and everything, but I didn't appreciate them at the same level that I do now. So I think looking back, I, yeah, yeah, I, I want it's I a wanna... lot like the uh, the Star Wars prequels, where at the time they were yes. hated. Mm. Looking back now, people have fonder memories of them yes. than they once did. I want to yeah. I want to nip this in the bud, Jacob, because I I kind of foresaw that some of this will be coming out. Because guess what? To mirror you once again. I've also softened on a little film called Crystal Skull. And to agree with you completely, like, what is the name of this podcast? Normies Like Us. Us. Like, the normie take right now, people are posting and all these reactions are coming out. They're like, hey, hate to be this guy. Guess what? The fridge nuking makes sense. And I like Crystal Skull. (laughs) And you're like, okay, a consensus is building. And Jacob... I would 100% agree if memes persisted and lasted the way that they do, that we would literally be mirroring what I think was the big thing that saved what you were talking about, prequel memes, where people used Reddit to be like, you know what, we're starting this as a joke, but actually the Star Wars prequels are good. If memes persisted like that, we would now have Crystal Skull memes. memes. (laughs) Well, I think they're very similar if you think about it, both. You know, George Lucas involved projects that were coming back from, you know, return from their classic versions, the original, yes. right? And both had some questionable CGI moments. Yes. Uh, but I think enough time has passed since it's come out that people have sort of gone back and relitigated and said, like, you know what, maybe we're kind of harsh on it. 
But the yeah. key thing is just the time passing. It's just that people have grown up who were younger when they saw it, and now they're yeah. just nostalgic. Yeah, I was 18 when I saw it. So. Right. And I guess, too, like when Christmas Call came out, for a lot of people, it's like Indiana Jones and CGI. Like, this is a, a, a sacrilegious, yeah. right? You can't. This is an Indiana Jones, and it's like every... It evolves with the technology. I mean, that's what ILM fucking is, you know, and always has right. been with Star Wars. It's like, so once you kind of get over the fact that, like, okay, CG's a part of it, and again, you sit with it and you take it for what it is, like, the first half of it's pretty good. I don't like the alien stuff, but, like, I think, and again, it's directed by Spielberg. Like, it's going to not be shit. You know, it's Spielberg, so. Yeah. I guess yeah. there's that, too. And I think the CGI, you know, is that 2000 CGI. If it was made, if the same movie was made today, obviously the CGI would look better because technology has advanced since then. Yeah, yeah, but at least it didn't open the, you know, the new one. We'll get to it, but you know, I hate even Crystal Skull. They show the Paramount Mountain and it turns into a little hill. Yeah, and then a sea prairie dog pops I, up. And I'm immediately like, oh no, it's like Mike. I know it's the CGI, but I love that moment. I think it's so clever. I like the bit, That's but hilarious. frame one, I was like, oh, we're getting bad CG, aren't we? And I knew it. I'll say frame one of Dial of Destiny. I feel similar because they had the Paramount logo, but then they don't do the fade in the mountain. They don't do the mountain. Bit. It's wild. It's wild. well i can't wait to jump into the dial of destiny i don't know if we spent enough time here but it's kind of irrelevant because if we get the dial we can do whatever we want but that's uh, right do we want to dial it in and calculate uh, some continental drift and get in the episode or what Uh, oh sounds great listeners yeah all right coming up We're back, dun, 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 here on a very special episode because we're talking about one very special man. That's right. It's him. It's still him. It's always been him. It's Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny here on Normies Like Us. Um, yeah. Yeah. I want to mention, first of all, you know, we're going to be spoiling the movie if you haven't seen it. So that's a thing. But I forgot to mention there was a period in time. When I was in high school and I would go thrifting and I somehow got a a leather kind of bomber jacket that was similar to an Indiana Jones jacket. And then I would just walk down the hallway in between classes playing the Indiana Jones theme out of a PSP. (laughs) Like audibly. And that's just what was a bit that I would do. I'm sure you were really really cool. I was really cool. cool. That is very cool. I've had a lot of friends over the years, <laughs> male friends, who have said, hey, look at this Indiana Jones Halloween costume I put together, beaming with pride. And I got to say, I'm jealous of every one of them. There, there's Absolutely. a certain overlap, yeah, with the Indiana Jones and sometimes an Obi-Wan cosplay person. But uh, In Evil Dead and Ash, it's just gruff, these, if you're if you're just guy, a white yeah. guy with kind of a beard, these are the costumes you put Decent together. Decent jawline in your set. <laughs> yes, <yeah>. yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but cool. yeah, a lot of people did that. And, you know, it's a classic. I, he's an iconic character. I mean, again, he is. Uh, kind of the history we touched on in our main episode, but adventure serials, you know, just a general adventure man. And it's well known that he's just kind of this trope, just like Star Wars is like a Flash Gordon thing. This is like a trope on these old jungle explorer archaeological serials, right? It's, yeah. it's an iconic look. The hat, the jacket, the shirt, the whip, you know. You know, he's the man. He's awesome. I think it, if you grew up in any time from, you know, 1980 on, um, you know, he's one of the like 
biggest masculine figures of pop culture that you can kind of look up to as a sort of an, I guess, non-toxic masculinity uh, representative, right? Yeah. I mean, things happen. Things are, every era has different things that uh, let's say they can get away with and some things age different, you know, general context. But yes. overall, like he's a pretty- some things- Solid Temple character. of Doom may not age the best. No, no, no. It hasn't been perfect no, either. No, no. You know what Indiana I mean? Indiana Jones is pure. <laughs> but the concept, right. I think Harrison Ford's charisma really carries that character, makes him like an endearing kind of, you know, American icon. It's like one of the big yes. three, you know, you'd think of yeah. fictitious Well, characters. you know, and we set our history with the character, of course. Let's just say real quick, what's your history with the main man himself? Obviously, Harrison Ford, like we said, has been the character of Dr. Henry Jones Jr., uh, the entire time the characters existed. We've talked about Han Solo 50,000 times on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yep. 48,221, according to C-3PO's count. Uh, now 22. <laughs> no, hey, never tell me the odds, kid. <laughs> you're right. You're right. And again, yeah, great roles from Harrison Ford. I first learned about him watching Star Wars, the original, and then in it. Yeah. Wars. I can't remember. Temple of Doom might have been the first one I saw. It might have just been on a VHS my dad recorded. So it maybe might be too. Case like yeah. that too. Yeah. But I like him, yeah. I mean, yeah, I love Harrison Ford. He's the ultimate movie star. I mean, you can say Tom Cruise, mm. but Tom Cruise is a weirdo in real life and Harrison Ford seems like a pretty chill guy in real life. Yeah, so. just smokes weed, <laughs> hangs out. He's the ultimate movie dad, Jacob. He's a yeah. guy who very often shouts, "Where's my daughter?" as he's shaking someone or he's... running from scene to scene. Yeah, I would <laughs> argue he's like the coolest boomer probably to ever live like if you took all the boomers mm. you know what he might be the best one i like that he doesn't like star wars like you are right like the caretaker yeah. aside to him does make him cooler was, than other boomers after <laughs> yes. some of what we went through with palpatine returning he was kind of way ahead of the curve on the, yeah i gotta you know, get like out of here wars. i'm just like this is i will Trust come me, back guys. for this I, one and really act but other yeah. than that <laughs> Yeah, and his cantankerous kind of attitude just adds yeah. to his charm in a way. Like yes. he just um he has this sort of aloof charm. Give a shit. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. I think also just him in Raiders is probably the like the best that a guy has ever looked ever. So like <laughs> yeah, you know. It's like yeah, it's a cool factor, you know, he's he's like in he's doing adventure stuff, sick yeah. hat, sick look. I mean, no one can stop him. Now, yeah, just real quick, right there. <laughs> that was the peak. We're in now what I would call the, um, you know, it was the reconnaissance. It's the it's the Ford period, the Rene mm. Ford, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. Do you guys right. fuck around with any of this new stuff? Yellowstone prequel, shrink right. on Apple TV or the upcoming Red Hulk appearance in Captain America 4? Well, um, I'm glad he's still working, you know, getting those paychecks. Um, yeah, he's, he's playing Thunderbolt Ross in the MCU now taking over for the previous actor who unfortunately passed away somewhat recently. Mm. Um, I don't know if he will turn into the red Hulk in this movie, but oh, dog. Do you think he's going to? I 100% hope he does. (laughs) They were testing his face technology with this one. You know, mm, sure. a big CG monster. Just put his face on it, you know? Yeah, well, then we've seen it in this one. Certainly yeah, I do a like CG his, monster. Uh, <laughs> his willingness to come back to these old roles. Blade Runner 2049, obviously. Man, yeah. Han Solo in the yeah. Star Wars movies. And That's what I should have led with, probably. <laughs> one of your favorites, Mike. But, yeah. Jacob, you called him a movie star. He's doing all these TV shows now. Do you think that's, you know, dropping his quality down? His, his it's little surprising. I mean, he... 
I mean, maybe he's just in it for the paycheck. He never had really did TV until recently, right? So the Yellowstone prequel, that's kind of a big deal. I mean, a lot of people like Yellowstone. You would assume he'll win. show is a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why he decided to do this this psychology show with Jason Segel, but um, you know what? Whatever he does, I'm just happy he's working. Yeah. No, again, I like his attitude and it's kind of – not caring about being a celebrity almost like he, he's like yeah the coolest boomer i think that's the best way to put it coolest boomer movie star at least for sure i can't think of a cooler one no, no. he's just chilling and indiana jones i think has always been his favorite role to portray like you know even in temple of doom a movie kind of nobody wanted to make he's still very charismatic and likable and like there's something about like the right mix of him being able to use his charm and like be a cool suave guy like indiana jones is kind of like the best of the best when it comes to Harrison Ford's, I think, uh, maximizing his natural edge. And the other thing with Harrison Ford that I think is worth mentioning is that he's also like, uh, uh, like an intellectual, right? Like he's in, he's, he's a, he's a professor, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's like, he's not just an action hero. He's also like in archeology span and in like history and stuff. And he's like, you know, doing it for the love of history. So he's not just like a, a cool action guy. He's also like kind of a nerd. He likes to learn there. action. Yeah, he had to learn how to do that because he likes archaeology so much. It's a side yeah. effect of his love of archaeology is running right. bad guys. So he had to learn. He just to happens to have to fight Nazis sometimes. Yeah, and he's like, he you know what? Away. I like artifacts so much. I'm going to learn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's great. I do like that a lot. Yeah, he's an academic. And it's almost like so. It's Harrison Ford's destiny to be dialed into this role, right? <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right, guys. <laughs> and this is going to be our last crusade because it's the last Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> wow. So. It is. It is. Was this Look, movie, you know, did they raid the Lost Ark for success or did we enter Temple of Doom with <laughs> he, this movie? I thank you. you. I was going to say, can you do one more? I love it, Mike. Thank you so much. Harrison could do Look, one as well. Here's what I'm going to say. We're going to talk about this movie today. In fact, we might do it right now. Um I barely want to. <laughs> right. For what it's worth. I pretty much only want to talk about the circumstances that led to what I think this movie is, which is a very unfortunate um, creation and in, in just part of the times, which is that you get a very interesting director like James Mangold to make a film where he's really just not allowed to be very interesting. And Mike, earlier you were saying um, – what a surprise it was in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull to see Indiana Jones in a CG world. Um, Mm -hmm. And the horror I found myself experiencing this is, is to see, of course, CGI humans, CGI backgrounds, CGI objects, that the fact that I am looking at a movie where truly I cannot trust that anything is real on screen from a film that was so practical, they had anti-venom on set so that snakes wouldn't kill people. Um, is a huge bummer. Yeah. Right. So. <laughs> well, I'll say this. Going into it, my one question was kind of like, is this, I didn't think it was going to, you know, live up to the original three, but I thought, is this going to be worse than Crystal Skull or is it going to be better than Crystal Skull? And uh, overall, oh, I boy. It's, it's it's worse. It, wow. I think Crystal Skull is, is a better movie but than this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tell me, hold on, Mike, tell me where you're at with that statement, because I certainly agree with him. But please, I, I want to hear Skull. you. I've only seen it twice. Okay. And I've only seen this once, and I'm still figuring out. So maybe by the end of this conversation, yeah. I'll have a yeah. you, Colin. How's it's going to be like your guys' Flash episode. I think we're going to come bottom, to some major conclusions goes, by yeah. the end of this. Yeah. Actually, no, I, I guarantee think- it. 
I'll say right now, this is better, and you'll find out why I think that at the very end. Okay. That's shocking. Well, I think having right. literally, I literally just watched Crystal Skull <laughs> before watching this movie. So I have a very good comparison having okay. just seen them back to back. And I think this is definitely a worse movie. It's a maybe a safer movie in that they just wanted to make a middle of the road Indiana Jones movie to please people, it feels like. Um, but it, you know, there was no sense of risk or surprise in making this. It kind of just feels very mid to me. Uh, I didn't like the, the cinematography was very bland. Like Spielberg's movies always look really good because he has a great sense of like framing and blocking and stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. And this movie just felt like a very generic kind of generically shot, generically lit. Like also, Look, we're going into the the intro sequence, right? And Colin, you were talking about the the CGI uh, de aging technology. The entire um, prologue essentially is this flashback, yes. right? Yeah, yes. Which you of get, course, a, scene in you Indiana get a Jones. whole prequel Indiana Jones movie, and yes, we have yeah. Jacob. But in yeah. the Last Crusade style of River Phoenix, just appears and gets to have an adventure. Now right. that would never happen. No, it's 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 young Indiana Jones de-aged. I will say this. It's the best looking de-aging technology that I've seen in a movie. Not saying that's like a super high bar, but even comparing it to something like The Irishman where they were it was Robert De Niro and that was Martin Scorsese, uh, a master right. director and it still looked very bad. Honestly, um, I still stand by Samuel L. Jackson and Captain Marvel just because I think he's got such a look that you mm. can just smooth back and transition to. It's it's immaculate. I but I think this is even that, more right? of a I don't a, know. I don't this know. This is even more of a drastic de-aging though because he's he's playing like you know mm. mid 30s mid 40s something like that like this is set you know n 1940 something so it's maybe a decade after raiders right so it's the middle of world war ii or the end of world war ii well he certainly sounds like well that's the thing a decade yeah. later mm -hmm. so that's the, the thing so when he's when he's not yeah. speaking, I think it looks really good. But the, the guy who is playing Harrison Ford in that moment, do you know, it's not him doing any of this. No, I think it is. Is it not? I, I, mean, I don't know the technology so. behind it. Would it be? He's, it's be him being hung by a noose. Well, not that. Not An the eighty-year-old man. He's, but when he's just sitting in a chair, I think it is. Yeah, I mean, right. it's I like it's like the Robert De Niro know. stuff. They shot it. They shot him doing this stuff, and then they DH. I mean, with the, the more action stuff, that's stunt men, yes. But or sometimes um, what I was gonna say, not men at all, just a CD CG body yeah. on top of a train. But in the close up stuff, like his face, it looked it looked like a really good deep fake. In that, like you really have to like it's not immediately noticeable that it's fake, but you can kind of tell. Um, like in a still frame, gonna... I would probably buy it. Like you know, he looks yes. kind of like Blade Runner era Harrison Ford. But it's yeah. still there's the uncanny valley is existing and I, I couldn't get that out of my head. You know, that's for sure. Well, and the other thing I was going to say is that it's lit uh, very darkly, especially in this raining. prequel shot. Now, and I thought, is this okay. maybe because to try to hide the yes. a little bit now? Yeah. And so, uh, this is jumping ahead. We will do the whole thing. I promise we will. But just because we're on the topic, what to? did you think of the later de-aging scene, Jacob, when he meets the young girl at her home and he's interacting with the guy to steal the thing that is mm. fully lit? I noticed that it is he is underneath fluorescent light. For right. That. And he's a little older there. I guess that would be more like Crystal Skull age yeah. where he's uh you know, in his 
what fifties or something, but yeah. Um, yeah, it looked okay. I think it's fine. I think that's more convincing and it was shorter sequences. You weren't looking at it as long. Like this, this prologue Again, is like 30 to, minutes. It, it's but then when he's in the car getting his hat, Mike, it looks like a detached CGI head is like, yeah. Hey, how are you kid? No, and right. some of the action scenes on top of the train when it's raining and it's, and it's completely a, a fabricated human. And like, you, it looks like polar express. Like I, I'm, yes, I'm going the, crazy. I, Specifically, that shot where he's running on the train yeah. looked like a video game cutscene, and that's when they played the um, Indiana Jones theme for the first time. And I'm like, "You, so, how dare you?" Yeah. Oh, right? uh, the use of say, music. We'll talk about the yeah, use of yeah, the theme. Broadly, the not, oh, please yeah. keep going. Yeah, but again, just to compare it to the Irishman or yeah. Rise of Skywalker, where you had young Luke and Leia in those training montages mm-hmm. or whatever. It's. I still feel like oh, the technology yeah. has come a long way since then. Or even Rogue One. I mean, the completely fake Leia and uh, God, young Tarkin. Leia is yeah. one I forget about a lot. I really do not like that one. The dead eyes, yeah. Um, and yeah. you guys just compare it to the Flash, real quick. Oh, the Both of you saw terrible. that, the, but worse than this. Sometimes the weird CGI models, um, different kind of. Yeah, I guess it's different. I mean, it's different technology. I mean, the de aging is a lot harder to do. I think like, this is more on Flash just had bad CGI. Yeah, but isn't Ezra de technically like the whole time, or is that just makeup when he's the he has, other? He just has long hair. I'm not yeah, really sure if they de him or not. Yeah, yeah. He just plays like okay. a teen. And if they did, it's not 30 years. You know, he could get away. Yeah. With it's like four years. Yeah, yeah. But um, just right. do like a Photoshop filter. Yeah, yeah. We have him on Snapchat and TikTok. You know, we don't even need CG artists anymore. You know, it's it's on your phone. Um. One thought is that is this just a like a test reel for like one day we'll have all fake actors like that's where I'm kind of thinking. But and, but here's my thing, Mike. Where I'm like, okay, well, if you're just gonna make it Spielberg's Tin Tin, then just make like a CGI <laughs> Indiana Jones. Like I see what you're saying about like yes, just like try to make it real and make it look fake. Well, I'm like, just make it look fake. Like who like who cares? I right. think it's okay in selective uses like this where they specifically want to have this actor play a younger version of himself. I mean, in, in olden times, like pre-2015 or whatever, they would have just had a different actor play a younger version of him like they've done before in like Last Crusade with River Phoenix. But now they don't need to do that. They just de-age him, I guess. I've so said also, it before on this podcast. Yeah. Actors used to have children and the jobs of those children used to be to play them in movies. <laughs> Right, right, right. That is gone now. <laughs> like the Sopranos thing. Uh, yeah, well, they still stuff. do that. Yeah, but um, um, well, let me just um, mention. So the problem too is you, we're looking back thirty years, like in let's say uh, Last Crusade, and it's like, well, we've never seen yeah. Indiana at that age, so we can cast anybody. But we've seen Harrison Ford at thir- in his mid thirties as yeah. this character, so you well, have to make it look like him. They've That's, done it before, though, with uh, Solo. I mean, Alden Ehrenreich. Uh, right, doesn't right. really look like Harrison Ford, but it but worked who, I think, well enough for the movie. Who produced this movie? Kathleen Kennedy, who famously said, we learned the lesson from Solo, never recast these legendary characters. Well, I think she you learned the, long, the wrong lesson, Kathleen. Yeah, yeah, I think you're getting fired after this one, Kathleen. Well, yeah, I don't think right. you well, can we'll make see how it does. Yeah. Who is this for, this movie? All right, because Star Wars, you can at least, you have the prequels, we bring in a slightly younger generation, then we have these reasons yeah. a younger generation. There's never been an entry point for young people in indiana jones it's just us and our parents who introduced it to us right maybe. and yeah but the who, difference is who became a fan because of the crystal skull the only one we want to see young harrison like you know what i mean it's only for right. us right 
Well, of course, there's also the young Indiana Jones adventures in which he's played by. Yeah. And there's also an older indie in, the, in those uh, where he plays old man indie with the eye patch, right? And it's a different, it's an yeah. old act. Is that true? That's yeah. awesome. Have you ever seen those? Yeah. <laughs> they should have done, they should have explained the eye patch in this, those cowards. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. I would have loved that. Yeah, the, the bookends like, yeah. of the episodes would have old indie doing shenanigans. Actually, those are like the worst parts of the episode. But and next week, uh, I'll tell you how I got my hook hand. And you're like, yep. oh, shit. Yeah. Wow, Andy, you've been through it. Um, here's, here's what I'll say. The difference between Star Wars and Indiana Jones as a franchise is that mm-hmm. Star Wars space, as a franchise. No, I got you. <laughs> Well, Star Wars, you can go in a lot of different directions. You can introduce a lot of new characters. You can do different genres within the franchise. It's it's a world, right? You can mm-hmm. do many different stories inside. <laughs> yeah. Indiana Jones as a franchise is about one guy, Indiana yes. Jones, in his adventures. It's not yes. you don't need spin-offs. You don't need like people no. want like a short round spin-off and stuff, and I get that, but like it's not necessary. Like, well, and here's what I'll with, with, say to that point, Jake. This yeah. was my letterbox review to quickly plug mm-hmm. myself here real, real quick. Uh, and my first reaction to seeing this film, I 100% agree with you. That's that's like the whole issue with it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I will I mean, say, I yeah, I, I read your letterbox review and uh, I wrote my own as well. And I, I agree with what, what you were saying. I think like, it's interesting. There's been three old indie movies now or or the last movie in the franchise indie from last yes. crusade crystal Great skull and now this yes. where it's like which are, could have been the last movie in the franchise and guess what every one of those films is repetitive every one of those films follows the exact same beats to a t and they're only fun if the character is fun and the last two have been like dabbling with well what if the character's not fun anymore and you're like well then you're missing the whole point of these i agree and i think Having just seen Crystal Skull, there's so many more of these little fun moments that I didn't get with this movie. This movie, like I said, it's a very bog standard kind of adventure. It never surprised me, really. There wasn't like it just felt like it was going through the motions, right? They're just doing this Indiana Jones adventure, but there's no real sense of adventure or excitement or discovery. It was just like, oh, we got to find the style, blah, 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 blah. And yeah. I don't know. I was just kind of bored watching it, honestly. Like, I was super bored watching this movie. I'll touch on yeah. that. Yeah. I think the the whole movie is too long, right? And we were talking mm. about over the top CGI and it's just generally a story about one dude. Like they don't they don't need to make this a giant summer blockbuster. This could be a hundred million dollar budget movie, <laughs> really scaled back, really down to earth. You don't have to do all this this like the action scenes are too long, they're too big. It felt like watching at points Jurassic World Dominion. Like, yeah, but, it but felt Mike, so big unnecessarily. But your whole thing about like, what is the entry point? Who is this for? Kids? What was the market? What was the point? Right. Joe made a good point to us off podcast about like yeah. these films were the American serial to be like America needs a movie character that they go to, like James Bond. That they're mm. like, fuck, look at this guy. Every summer we'll go see this asshole. It's not really what they intended to do, but it's mm. certainly what it became. And now it's like, I like the audience for this is nobody, and yeah. it cost three hundred million dollars. It's yeah. one of the most expensive Jeez. movies ever made. So when you say pared down small, it's like they never could have done that because they think they're marketing it to the world, and it's never been about that. It's like I two just, generations of people in America. That's your yes. market for this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was just reading about the budgets of recent movies and. For comparison, like Dune was made for 
Dune Part Two is going to be made for 120 million dollars. Jesus Christ! This movie was made for 300 million. What are they spending this money on? It's all I on the aging technology. That's when I, when you tell me that Harrison Ford only got 11, that scares me. That like shocks me, Jake. Right? It's like what are they? What else are they spending it on? Um, wow, that is yeah. mind blowing how expensive this movie was. And again, why did you do that? Because you yeah. have to know that your audience it's just like isn't fast big X. enough to justify that. Because, and it goes back to what I said about James Mangold being like shackled to this current system. It's because the way people make movies now is like you shoot the movie five times, constantly you're screening it in front of executives, testers, other people who are just like, is the, and you're just like, is this okay? And they're like, no. The algorithm technically says by minute five, the audience needs to be really engaged with him seeing a dog. And he's like, ah. Okay, right. so like, well, we'll figure this out. We'll figure this out. And you dump so much money and then you go, well, we could cut this thing down. And they're like, no, no, no. People are paying to go to it. Make it longer. Make it yeah, longer. Right. And you're like two hours and 20 minutes. Why? Well, and it's so far away from how they made Raiders, right? Why yes. they made Raiders, what they wanted to make with her. George Lucas and Steven Spielberg just loved these serials yes. that they saw as a kid and wanted to make mm-hmm. something like that and they just made it and they didn't have yes. a bunch of studio people saying no. change this change this change this rewrite this yeah like you're right that's kind of what's wrong with these modern movies now and with regarding the length and the action like i totally agree with what you guys are saying the action scenes felt so long and they felt purpose like they felt over long to hide the fact that not that much happens especially in the first hour of this movie where it's like mm-hmm. a lot of setup a bit like you know, between the the intro, which was too long, uh, and the opening current day scenes from him all the way till the car chase of Morocco, it just felt like constant mm-hmm. action, constant car chases. But really what's happening in terms of plot, it's not that much happening, right? Yeah. And I used to, you know, I, I stand up for um, Last Crusade because it's like it has every type of chase. It's got a boat chase, an airplane chase, a car chase. So for me to say there's too many Bank chases chase. in this, right? <laughs> yeah. It would seem like I can't say that, but it's not that there's too many, but they're definitely too long. Oh, you know, boy. Long. And not doing anything interesting enough that we haven't the, the seen The best before. one is the horse ticker day parade. That is something I yeah. definitely like yeah. in this. That was you good. Just, you'll just really get lazy modern writing that's like, remember, three minutes to be underwater, where you just set up these like self-manipulative oh, like ticking clocks that are just yeah. useless. I just hate it, dude. Literally, the whole movie is a useless ticking clock. Yes, it is. In every way. Yeah. yeah. And a it's broken like, ticking clock, splitting two mice. <laughs> and it's constantly, we're one step ahead, oh, they caught up. We're one step ahead, oh, they caught up. Like yeah. The same three beats for which the is, first two. Yeah, three. which is a mold that was set by Raiders, where yes. that's the exact mold of, the exact formula of Raiders is like, at every turn, Indy does something, gets the thing, it's taken by Belloc, right? At every turn, the Nazis mm-hmm. are like there to take it, right? And he, so he's constantly having to keep up with them. That's kind of what this movie's going for, but it's just like... I don't know. Maybe we've just seen this too many times. Like maybe younger people will appreciate it who haven't seen as many movies, who haven't seen the formula. But man, as a you know, as someone in their early thirties now, it just seems like I'm getting too old for these these movies. I don't know. This will that never be anyone's cynical. favorite Indiana Jones movie. You know? What no, I mean? no, I can't imagine. It never. I don't think this will ever regardless. be. This will never be more, higher than fourth best for most people. I would say. Yeah, it's such a bummer, right? And for me, it's just for $300 million. What do you get for it? You know, 
Yeah, so yeah. do you guys want to just fucking talk about it? Well, so let's <laughs> like, yeah, I, let's talk about it. We are being hard. We'll jump around on the plot. We might not go beat. Yeah, beat. I, I don't. Think yeah, really yeah, yeah. That, but I do want to say, yeah. starting in this, there's stuff prologue, to mention. Yeah, yeah. Something that I do like, and I did like in this movie, is Mads Mikkelsen as the villain. Okay, I don't think he's used the best at all times, but when he's hitting, he's hitting, and I like him a lot. Yeah. So my question is, how old is he right here? Well, he was and, also de-aged in the intro scene as well. He has dark hair. He's yeah. a teenager. I mean, he is a uh, he is not a eighty year old man. Is my point? Uh, he is a he is fifty in the 30s. future. So let's say he's, he's twenty he's here. In twenty thirty in the past. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's a, but I like a bit of a the theme of this film is literally time, losing time, you know, wanting to go back. It's change his quest. Things. It's literally Harrison's quest to change things, to change things you could write. Right, Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, why not have more fun with the fact that he is a guy who's super old now? Why not have them t- to be two old guys facing off against each other? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um I'll say this. I like Mads Mikkelsen because I always like Mads Mikkelsen whenever he pops up in anything. So mm-hmm. I'm glad he's getting that paycheck. He was he was good as the villain. Um, and I like that they sort of touch on this whole Operation Paperclip. Uh, you know, yes. post-World War II, America hired a lot of Nazi scientists to do, like Werner von Braun, to do rocket stuff, right? That's who he's kind of based off of. Because if they're um, not working for us, they're working for the commies, right? Right. That was part of the thing, you know? And unfortunately, um, they got a lot of their we'll shit take, yeah. washed away. Their past was totally hidden by the government, you know, to yeah. them to make rockets for us. And even so with I the like Boyd that. Holdbrook character kind of being this American who's decided to, like, become a Nazi and start following this Nazi guy. Um, yeah. Kind of interesting. You know, they it, it's not they really... They don't really go that. in depth. Yeah, but... Um, I like to see a little bit of like real world political uh, stuff in movies sometimes. And I think setting this movie in 1969 specifically is very interesting because I kind of feel like I never wanted to see Indiana Jones post like 1960. Like it just feels weird. Like he right. shouldn't exist in this time. And obviously he he's very old. Right. Maybe that's part of the thing. So yeah. The theme is like the world's kind of passed him by. Everyone's obsessed with this moon landing. He's like, why did you want to go to the moon? There's the fucking nothing on the moon. It's like the middle of nowhere. He's more yeah. interested in human history. Yeah. Right? He likes stuff idea. on the earth. Jacob. Yeah. The moon yeah. is dumb to him because it's empty. That's such a great little detail. No yeah. Anthropology up there. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Boring. Right. And meanwhile, you have Mads Mikkelsen, who's all about science and math, right? He's yeah. like, math will, will defeat time just as it defeated space right so that's kind incredible of incredible that's like a star trek villain fucking stance you conquered space what would you conquer next that woman interviewing and he wants to say time so badly <laughs> yep. just like like cleaning yeah. his glasses it's fantastic yeah I, yes, yeah he well, is, good, is good like yeah and this whole idea is just you know spoilers for everything but he's like his thing is like i see all the ways you know hitler miscalculated his shit like you didn't win the war hitler lost it he's like i'm just gonna fix the bad what? of the war right that's his goal what a fucking subversion for a nazi movie mike to be like you're gonna put you know it's boys in brazil you're gonna clone hitler you're gonna put hitler back in power no i'm going to kill hitler, kill hitler because he was an idiot from his <laughs> yeah. point of view yeah, yeah. Like, oh uh-oh. that's an that interesting, interesting angle yeah they didn't go deep uh, enough. like this stuff like paper yes. they touch on it though and it's like oh, yeah. fascinating, yes. but they don't really sink their teeth into it and i like that he's Sorry. not just like a stereotypical over-the-top nazi villain like he's 
he's like, no, I'm not like just obsessed with Hitler. Like I think Hitler made a bunch of mistakes. Now I want to go back and, and fix them. He's it an almost idiot. feels like he just wants to win the chess game of World War II. Like I don't even yes. feel like his ideology is really clear. It's like I just know yeah. math and I think I could have fucking done better and I'm upset. Yes. He's somebody obsessed with hindsight. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And that's like a, everybody's looking back. We learned that Indiana Jones is, you know, mutt enlisted in the war and he tragically died and he, now he's well, getting a divorce. Well, we find and that out. We will find that out in an hour and a half, my friend. Very obvious. wise Yeah. It's like everybody's <laughs> yes. looking to the past, things you want to change, right? So yes. again, well, I thought yeah, this was a, a little bit of a movie. bummer, the way it starts, because I'm obviously crying. the way Crystal Skull ends, right? He marries Marion Ravenwood. Right. He finds out he has a, a son with her. They're reunited as a family. And to know that that's all so temporary in like in 15 years, he's going to be divorced and living alone as Look an old Han man. Solo, about to retire. Man. It's his yeah, fa- it just kind of bums me out. Has it know? been 15 years since Crystal Skull? Yeah, 10. because, well, I'm, I'm doing uh, it based on real life. You know, 2008 oh, was 15 sure. years ago, but I think Crystal Skull was mid 50s. So that would make right. sense that 1969, 10 years or so, because yeah. um, Dog, come on. obviously, you know, that was all about the Cold War and the communists and stuff. Right. Sort of Nazis. Right. Uh, but, yeah, it just bums me out. Like they couldn't they maybe had like 10 to 15 years of happiness. And before it was, yeah, all man. Right. And Mutt. Hey, justice for Mutt. OK, they killed Mutt off screen. Now, in the Jacob. War. Remind me, what have we canceled Shia LaBeouf for? And I'm not saying that in a, like, I right. will judge whether or not is fair or not. I truly just don't remember. I'll say real quick, he's always kind of been my guy. I've always liked the Transformer <laughs> movies. Yeah. I know we said Megan Fox should be the lead of those. I agree, but he is very good. And I yeah. think he does exactly what he's asked for in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I certainly don't think you should kill him as a result of him not no. being called the Jar Jar of the series, which is that's, that's insane to me. I think he's yeah. underappreciated in that role. Um, I think with regards to if he's canceled or not, um, I know one thing is that he used to date this musician, FKA Twigs, and apparently he might may have been abusive in that relationship. Beat the shit out of her, right? Well, I don't know yeah. if it's that far, just more like, uh, you know, emotionally abusive sort of power okay. dynamics type of thing. I don't know if he was physical or not i don't know all the details he's insane he made that movie about how he why he's insane i'm not yes. saying that excuses him at all i'm literally no, just he saying was, like he was he a child like, star this that is had a why very, it happened <laughs> yeah he had a very strange upbringing he was a child star and obviously a lot of child stars have issues in later life because it's a hard way to kind of grow up His dad was nuts. a healthy working environment as well all of that yeah together um, um, but no, I always thought the franchise clearly. Yeah, they're just like, nope, mutt's gone. Like very unceremoniously. It's so crazy. Doing yeah, we have new mutt instead, which is Helena Shaw. Right? We have wombat. I mean, truly, yeah, it's wombat. like yeah. shameless. It's like I don't know, call her another animal. <laughs> that's what we do. She's not now, your yeah. daughter. She's your goddaughter. She's yeah, your wombat. You, what are the rules of having a goddaughter, anyways? <laughs> I don't know. You've said it fifty times. I assumed you would know. Um. And that kind of, you know, to, again, to talk about Crystal Skull as a comparison a little bit, I like that because it was set in the 50s, they did so much with it being in the 50s. Like even that moment where 
they start a, a fight between jocks and greasers at one point as a way to get the away. Best scene in that yeah. goddamn movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good, dog. Like, there's like so many little stuff. fun moments like that that this movie just feels like it's missing. And they don't do enough to kind of set it in the time period, I feel like. Other than the parade, the moon landing parade at the beginning. Right. Yeah. It doesn't feel like there's any reason that like, they don't do enough with the time period. Otherwise, like, it's pretty much just international. Yeah. yeah. They should do more with the fact that like Harrison Ford feels like the world is, or not Harrison Ford, but Indiana Jones, the world's passing him by, you know, he's not, you know, archaeology is old news. Well, the thing too, he saw the moon landing, but why isn't he like, I've already seen aliens. (laughs) This is stupid. Like, yeah, more advanced. It is funny that. that he's always like, "I don't believe in magic. I've only seen it like four or five times in my life." <laughs> it's my Quantifiably, that does not mean it counts. <laughs> the fact that an old knight handed me the cup of Jesus <laughs> that was keeping him alive eternally. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, I've seen that the literal power of God smite a bunch of Nazis. <laughs> yes, I saw a box with the power of God inside of it get yeah. opened. Yeah. Jesus Rudolph Christ. was effective in rendering me useless <laughs> yes. in combat. Yeah. yeah, I saw a guy take another guy's heart out and feed it to a demon. <laughs> so, but that's, uh, you know, math will solve it means that. nothing. But Magic stones. You need to math yeah. this up and tell me what's going on. But yeah. it's not. So let's let's just say real quick. Yeah. What they're chasing are fissures in time it is a device made by the of course great roman uh mathematician archimedes mm-hmm. uh it is a what is uh, does anybody Archimedes dial but what is it what is the it's a cilantrosphere no, what on earth a, is I'll it look it up okay but, uh, it's a thing that's I thought it was just a tile. no it has a name like atlanta fifths or oh yeah that yeah I, Eclendios, it's something. The, it's the it's yeah. Eclendios. I could get fifty pounds for that. Oh, okay. I like in this the beginning. A fun bit. Uh, the anti different An anti Kithira. Yeah. Kithira. Yeah. Anti Kithira. Anti Kithira. In the flashback, he's he's going after a different MacGuffin, which is like the lance of God or something. The lance of he's he's like, oh, and it's a fake. He's like mad about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The lance yeah. of Lajinus. You think about how Jesus. How many Indiana Jones missions are we seeing where he like goes and he's like, oh, it's the wrong thing. Or like, you know, it's like it turned out to be a fake where it's like the movie would just stop right there. Yeah, Yeah, that's uh, that's what that's all the in-betweens that we didn't show. Yes. yes. That's the young Indiana Jones adventure in the old ones where he's got an eye patch. Yeah. Yeah. But so Mickelson has the dial because he's a math guy. He's like, that thing is stupid. But what's not stupid? Math. Check this out. And then Nazi officers are like, that dial thing again. Shut the hell up, you know. But tell me about the right. dial. And and of course Shaw, Toby Jones, uh is also obsessed with this dial, which is another one of the old academics that Indiana Jones just knows. There's like a different one in every movie. It used to be Marcus. I Brody. like that. Yes. Yeah. But so uh, the whole point is there's half of it, you know, in the in the prologue, Mickelson has it, Indy steals it, and then there's a second half somewhere, but in order to get the second half, we need to get the map that tells us where it is. So there's a little bit of MacGuffin chasing going on and this and that. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, they figured Archimedes could calculate, he was so good with this device, he could calculate when fissures in time would happen. And so sure. then Mickelson's thinking, hey, if I can find one of those, I can go back and win the war. That's kind of broadly why everyone's chasing all, all this stuff. So what do you think of this depiction of time travel, Mike? Fissures in time. Um, yeah, it's just good as putting spaghetti on a plate, you know? I think it's interesting that this whole movie is about time you. travel because obviously time travel and multiverses are like the big trend. They're kind of cousins of each other in terms of... Oh, yeah, when uh, the Tom Selleck indie steps through the portal... <laughs> 
Yeah, you you guys are from that earth, right? Where that's two places. Tom Selleck, he didn't have to reshoot that other TV thing. He wears fucking denim. Harrison yeah, Ford, like, oh, Marty shit. McFly. Yeah, that's <laughs> the world where Harrison Ford was just a carpenter his whole life and never yes, just smokes right. weed. Yeah, never, exactly. never got clean. Yeah. Um. So so yeah, it's it's an interesting. Way to, it seems like more of a linear, you know, time flow. Like you go back and it will definitely butterfly effect. It's like one timeline, I guess. Um, well, it seems like it, yeah, it almost sets up a time paradox where. Because and this is jumping ahead to the end, but because yeah. they go back in the past and give Archimedes that dial, but then I think at the right at the end, Helena Shaw is like, "Oh, we're we're going to need that back too." Yeah, he's going to have us so make his own. Fix one, the time paradox. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, the watch is left there. But yeah, so it almost sets it up. But more or less, it's yeah. He wears the watch. Yeah, yeah. but um, um, but let's talk about the ins- sort of the inciting incident of meeting Wombat, Helena Shaw, mm-hmm. uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge, Fleabag. Uh, as I oh, call right. her, uh, well, you you call her called her that three two or whatever her name is. Yeah. You call her your favorite droid. Well, Star I wonder. Here's my question: Do you think Harrison Ford and her ever talked about the fact that she is the you know, Millennium Falcon? I, I was in a Star Wars movie. Oh yeah, which one? <laughs> well, it was that, it was actually it was called the one that, Solo. I don't the know. Young if you're Solo movie. Familiar <laughs> you, with that uh, character. What? Technically Han they made Solo. a what? <laughs> it's like he's that's the first time he heard that they made a young Han Solo. He's like, what? Call my right. agent. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. They should have de-aged me for that one. That's yeah. bullshit. I could have really played that. Yeah, so um, but yeah, she's to, the voice of the Millennium Falcon, right? I guess. Yeah, so I don't he's care. He's been inside of her for every movie. Hey, what do we... That, Jacob, were you a fleabagger? <laughs> I like fleabag. Mike, so. I've seen like two episodes. I think it's fine. You know, I just I don't I mean, watch yeah, a lot of comedy I watched shows. That's yeah, all. Okay. I I think it's good. It was groundbreaking at the time it came out. But boy, she has been inserted to a lot of stuff where each time I'm like, I don't know if we can't do better than this. She's got she's gotten a lot of play based on Fleabag. And as far as I know, she had some like overall deals with someone where she was just getting paid a lot of money and like wasn't really doing that much. But she does get attached to a lot of these projects. Um, which is interesting. And I guess she's attached to like Tomb Raider now, which is like the second most famous archaeological franchise. She is huh. going to play Laura Croft. No, I think she's going to write it because she's also a screenwriter. Interesting. Interesting. But I don't know. I don't, I should have looked that up beforehand, but I'm pretty sure she's going to write it or be involved somehow. Right. Um, but she's the, he's the goddaughter of Indy. She's yes. Stables, so she's you know, Toby right. Jones's daughter. Yeah. Uh, she's, Yes, yeah, she's Indy's goddaughter, and she. But he hasn't seen her for like eighteen years, right? He, he last saw her when she was twelve years, years old. Something, yeah. Are you? Yeah. Are you guys anyone's godparent? <laughs> I'm not even no. godparent, but I'm. I know my. I know my godparents. I know I'm my not a godparents. I'm not a godparent or a godchild because you're not you know, a god nor a Catholic. parent. Yeah, oh, that's right. <laughs> Interesting. So we, don't, we never did god. God. Well, if I have a kid, you can be their godparent. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> Just, you can't, which uh, means you can't see them for 15 years until I die. Yes, you, yes, you, have to, them, okay? you have to randomly well, show up one day and steal something from me. <laughs> so her father started going kind of Crazy. more and more insane over this Dial of Destiny idea. I love dials! <laughs> yeah. And Indy just kind of was like, oh, he's just he's sending these rambling letters to me. Um, so he's like, you know, whatever. But You know who yeah. can figure this out? For him, 
you know, Shia LaBeouf. The code in my glasses and my brain. Right. The code in my brain. Like he could have totally figured this out easy. Or Batman. Right. I mean, this guy's turning into <laughs> Indiana Jones' personal Riddler. He's writing like TikTok and the dial and oh my stuff God, in right? letters. Like, yeah. that stuff. If you're getting those, you'd be like, all right, I got to go stop this guy. But yeah, you know, Indy takes it from him. He's been keeping it at the museum. It's basically a big ex- info dump. But she yeah. shows up on his retirement day. Yeah, like, oh, I haven't well, seen uh, you in a while. I also wanted to say, before all this, in our yeah. sad man montage, we got a shirtless Harrison Ford scene at 80 years old, yes, which was one of the most boxers. humbling things I've ever yeah. seen put to film. I hope all this whole generation that has grown up seeing these roided out freak Avengers where you have to see like – where you have to see like Chris Evans be ripped, or as my dad pointed out recently when we were watching Strange New World, why is Spock ripped? Like, like why is Spock yeah. like ripped? Malkins, like, you know, why is no, 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 no? Uh, what is happening to the, <laughs> the young kids who see these actors that are all on juice now, which they are getting mm-hmm. these bodies? You need to see a decrepit eight-year-old man who has not done a push-up in ten years because that body will wake you up. That's why we needed well, Peter B. Parker. You know? Yes, <laughs> yes. A true reality. body set to screen, Mike. Peter B. Parker's, yeah, I, I agree. Male body, you know, standard, right? <laughs> well, I mean, it, was, it was wild to see, you know, but he's going, getting yes. about the music. I like when he hits the bat on the door. We can see that he's done it several times. There's already that dense, they just, yes, and that they details. know the routine, too. Now, yeah. to spend yeah. the money, $300 million is going to a Beatles song, I would imagine, Jacob. Yeah. His neighbors start playing the Beatles. He's like, turn that young people, long hair, hippie music down. I thought he was going to uh, cross the roof where they did that concert. I'm like, no freaking ways. <laughs> that would be funny. Right I love uh, it. Anyways, turn it I'm down sorry. and he back, closes back the window. Past, yeah, he doesn't even know get, who they are. He's, he's yeah. met Helen. He, Helen and she wants to yes. make up. So right? she shows up. She yeah. tells him the story where she's, you know, she's doing her doctorate on the dial, right? So she's I'm actually an archaeologist, too. <laughs> yeah. We are? Wow. <laughs> um. And then it kind of turns into, well, she's also being followed by Mads Mikkelsen and Boyd Holdbrook in his goons. And this was confusing to me. So, like, the CIA agent, right? This lady with the afro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was confused by her character because she's, like, working with the Nazis. But then at some point she's like, oh, you guys are like Nazis, huh? She is. Then, let me explain this. And, and let me say, her. it is the poorest insertion of a person of color into this film. You could have really found weird, a yeah. million better ways to do well, that. Well, just makes her look incompetent for the whole movie. She, and then she dies. She is a CIA agent who is working at the behest of the government to continuously appease this asshole until they get confirmation that the rocket has come back and come back to Earth, who made the rocket, you know, made the entire rocket program Mm -hmm. to go ahead and observe his flights of fancy, which are this dial that he won't tell anyone about. But it's an important mathematics object. Mm-hmm. Now, not members of the CIA are his personal security crew right. who are the Southern Nazi idiots. Right. They are not working in conjunction. They are essentially but against each there. other. When bloodshed comes out, he she's like, this people. is not what we signed up for at all. <laughs> right. And she tries to go against. And but then, then she's still it. with them and then is killed in the oh, mo- yeah. least surprising like betrayal yes. ever. Oh, oh um, betrayal. I mean, she should have <laughs> just shot herself. It makes no sense. Yeah, I thought that yeah. was really 
stuck out as being like, why is this character even in the movie? Like, why did they make her so incompetent? But, I was expecting like her to be a part of the story, like alongside like, oh, shoot, I'm CIA. Yeah. The government wants to know what's going on, Indy. I'm coming with you. You know, we got to stop these guys. But nope. No, we got to nope. meet a kid. It's going to be inserted. <laughs> oh, we get the kid out of here. Put her in there. God, God. So, this movie is short round. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Man. Whatever. Didn't really round out the cast. Yeah, I, he did not. I read Mike that James Mangold said he wanted to take the mutt element out, and that not necessarily he wanted to kill him, but to remove that uh, compatriot to Indy and lean back towards the history of having a female companion to battle wits with. I would say you're forgetting Short Round in that instance, who of course is a longtime hero and friend of Absolutely. Indy. Absolutely, he, he can have well, other male. Well, then you have Billy in that movie yeah, playing off Indy, and she, yeah, I like that she's like so averse to adventure. Anyway, I think if this movie was made like literally a year later, Short Round would have been a part of it because this was literally made right before Everything Everywhere became a thing, yes. and. Kiki yes. Kwan won an Oscar. And- How this film does not have a post cred scene of him opening a door and being like, Indy, I'm here too. Right. I mean, it's like so easy. <laughs> yeah, a real big missed opportunity. But if that had happened, if this was shot after Everything Everywhere, yeah. it yeah. probably would have been included. Um, yeah. Pay him already- now. Yeah, but now no. Then we get John Rice Davies. We, we don't need spinoffs of this, right? Like, really, no, it's, they're not for anybody. No. I'm sorry, Keith. No. Like, I wish he would have been a part of it, but I think this franchise <laughs> yes. needs to stay dead. It belongs in a museum. I don't even think like <laughs> hitting every plot point is important. You know, like, they go to Morocco and then the Nazis show up. There's an action scene. You know, we can still talk right. about it, but it's like it belongs in a pyramid. We are cursed for even talking right. about it. But hold <laughs> I want to ask Jacob. You, oh, what, please go yeah, ahead. Does Wombat and Indiana Jones do they work? Where she's like, I just want to make money, and then I. Now, Mike, my answer to that is, in what world, it's just bad writing. I understand you're doing it for the repetitive joke, but in what world would this character ever on the 10th time out loud say, this artifact, let me lick my lips, I could get 50 (laughs) quid for this. Like, every time you have said that, the guy you're with takes what you're holding or hits you. You would eventually (laughs) learn the point of like... Oh, I shouldn't say how greedy I am out loud. Like, I understand that the writer's like, that's her one trait. That's all we really have to go with here. So just mention well, it as much as you can. Right. I think it was kind of, yeah, her, it's mixed, mixed writing because it's like she's, she only cares about the money, but I guess she grows over time to be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't just care about the money because Indy is like my, my new father figure, I guess. But it just kind of, it, I didn't like her arc. That there, much, there was no way for them. They felt maybe to get her in, in touch with him to get the dial. Cause like it could have been the only reason that she wants is to sell it, which then now puts her in the crosshairs of Mads Mikkelsen's people, which pulls but, us into the story. But like, it didn't have to be that it's like my father's sick. Or, I don't know. That's but Mike, but the thing is, is that the dial is her father's whole thing. So she is the linchpin of the story that she has the, Second copy of the journals means that yeah. they can keep going. It well, to, to never once have Indiana Jones be like, "You're really going to sell that thing that your father was obsessed with their whole life?" Yes, I am. And you know, she goes to the auction, but she like right. she just you know at the end of the day, she just can't do it. The thing you would just imagine in any normal story they go with. Instead, they're just like, "No, she really just wants to sell everything she gets well, her hands on." What they're going for is that she does care more about it than she's letting on because they, there is that moment where Indy's like, Oh, you wouldn't just, 
you wouldn't memorize all your father's journals just for money. But right? she literally goes to the auction in Morocco and tries to sell it. Yes, yeah. she yeah. has she all that stuff, but there is no moment where she is not attempting to sell everything she has in her possession. Right. It's yeah, like you said, it's mixed right. I mean, I agree with you. There is stuff they are intending to do. What we watched on the screen was very far from that intention. No, for yeah. sure. Like, and you would think they also know that Nazis want this to, to go back in time. And maybe we should just hit it with a rock. And at some point, <laughs> at any point in this movie, maybe we just no, it do belongs what we told them to do and Alex. destroy it. If it, I'll yeah. be pinned for a murder, like halfway through, like <laughs> oh, he yeah, says, like at one point he's like, I'm the most wanted man in the world. And if I don't get the Archimedes dial, he just like trails <laughs> off and you're just like, what, what were you saying, grandpa? Like, wait, what was that well, yeah, story they pin you him, started? They pin the murders from the beginning uh, oh, yeah. on him. But yeah, they happen in I his office because they're getting the device. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. A woman who's funny when he's trying say. to, yeah. when she he's trying to escape kind of from the office, uh, he just pushes over a bunch of uh, shelves that have like a bunch of relics on them and smashes a bunch of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Genius Indiana Jones. It's like, what if I destroy everything in here and fall and hurt myself? Yeah, like isn't that your life's work? Is like collecting uh, all that stuff. Uh, right, right. Yeah. So a little, and you, you figure at some point it lead that there would be. They'd be aligned more throughout the story of like, look, I know you want to sell this shit, but there's Nazis coming. They want to time travel. We yes. got to either figure this, get the pieces before they do, you know, very uh, Rise yes. of the Beasts, you know, uh, yes. kind of vibe. Well, let me ask this, because that the tipping over of those cases is the perfect example of this. Tipping now, I, <laughs> now, I saw um, a lot of people praising that this movie lets him be his age you know that it crystal already did that harrison ford be an old First man <laughs> and yeah. jacob there's a great line in crystal skull where mutt says what's he doing and marion uh says you know i don't think he knows to like right before he's gonna do it or something like that right yeah. and you're Literally like in the first season or in the first sh- uh scene of crystal skull yeah. when he He's swinging on the whip and he comes up short. And he's like, I really thought that was further or something. Yes. It's like yes. that's showing his age but, right there. But that is a good example of he's always graceful still. His supernatural ability is to always self-preservation style, get out of this stuff with a bit of grace. Right. This, when they say feeling his age. I think what they mean is just like, well, he's like slow in some of the fight scenes. And it's like, well, guess what, guys? I don't believe he's doing that fighting for a second. So none of yeah. it matter. He's still no. doing things that no 80 year old yes, man should be doing. Could ever do. Yeah. He, he drives the vehicle a lot. He does a lot of driving, you know, cause that's yeah. what you can do. You could sit in the driver's seat. Yes. Harrison? He curses. Right. That's yeah. what an 80 year old did. Oh, the thing's broken. When that little car breaks down, it's right. like, yeah, that's what an 80 year old man would get mad about. Right. right. But he knew that the chewing gum in that region would seal the radiator. Oh, yeah. Like that's like uh, a little hint of his character. I like when he swings the whip yes, and everybody yes. pulls a gun on him and he's like, oh shit, this is yes. the, the reverse. It's, it's, of, it's good, Mike. Right. He uses the whip maybe one time. The, the use of the music, I wanted to say that was so horrifying to me when they kick in the dun dun dun, dun, dun theme is later, much later when he gets the gun and he's like, give me the gun, give me the gun. And the kid gives him the gun and he has it starts playing. He smiles, wielding it. And then it's just him shooting Nazis. And it's like <laughs> our Indiana Jones was like, he was agile. He would fight. He would move. This is an old man with a gun, just like shooting Nazis, just like blowing them away. Like dirty, hairy. It's horrifying. Yeah. yeah but you know, couldn't happen to worse people, you know, and let him have his, fun, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. Boy. <laughs> right. 
but it he is like killing Nazis for a Indy. long time. He'll punch him in the face yeah. and push him into a propeller, but like shooting him, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yes, that's he's more that's creative my than point, that, Mike. That's yeah. yes, you're exactly right. Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, punching Nazis is an old standard. I did like Crystal Skull once again because they're doing something different. It's commies instead of Nazis, you know. I can get mm-hmm. behind that. Well, but. better dead than red, they say a couple <laughs> times in this film. <laughs> right. right. Yes, of course, of course, Vietnam. Uh but I think the 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 Morocco chase was one of the worst offenders in terms of the action scenes going on too long yes. and not really serving a purpose because again it just felt like it was padding out the time yeah. and you know, well, everything that's a Jurassic that, World Dominion Morocco sequence. I think they were in Morocco. Wherever the black market dinosaurs are, is a whole right. big car motorcycle yes. dinosaur chase that goes yes, on and, too long. Yes, and, and we have gotten, let's shout him out, Reese uh, Myers Davies. Is that what his fucking name is? Is that how you say all that? John Reese John Reese Davies. Reese Myers. John Reese Myers. John Reese Davies, who played Sala in Sala. the first film. Yes. Coming back in this film, Indeed. he's the man who drops him off at the airport, who gets him to the entire Morocco sequence, this whole thing. Yes. He has said up to this point, I miss the desert. I miss the adventures, the ocean. This rousing speech that the whole first trailer was cut around, like the first bit mm-hmm. that we ever saw of this film. And you think about the desert action film he was in, Jacob, that first one. And then you yes. think of this Morocco sequence, and it's embarrassing. I just thought, yeah, also just his life seemed kind of sad where it's like, oh, Indy saved us during the war and moved us to America. Now I'm a cab driver. It's like yeah. used to be like the like one of the best like diggers in in fucking Egypt. That's, yeah. You know, yeah, you're yeah you're living in this apartment in New York City. Yeah, that's the sad. joke about, you know, the immigrant cab drivers who come here. They were doctors in other countries. It is right. a horrifying a, thing that does occur. But I agree yeah. with you. I don't want that for my good, lovable <laughs> characters. No. And we should mention, you know, John John Reese Davies, uh, somewhat controversial because he's playing an Egyptian as a you know a white guy, a uh, Welsh man. <laughs> Back to our people yeah. of color representation. You know, a little bit brown a Welsh man is saying like, oh, when I was in Egypt, and he's like, oh, yeah. he's like, they know Egypt history like me, yeah. and you're like, no, no, no. And the other thing is, <laughs> you are not the last in real life. Right. He's said you know several anti-Muslim things in real. So it's extra controversial, in my opinion, that he's playing Egyptian. Uh, but aside from that, you know, it's Gimli. It's Gimli, yeah. Mike. What do you like? Tree there beard. he is. What do you? Yeah. It's Treebeard, Mike, the <laughs> kindest and alive. Uh-huh. Yeah, but yeah. He gives a speech. He doesn't do anything really in the movie, though. You see his family and his kids, and that's it. It, it literally yeah. was the trailer bait, right? So. But I would say, you know, back to he Morocco, says, well, think, he literally says, sorry, I could come on this adventure with you. And Indy says, you're too old. And it's like it's one yeah. of these moments where you're, you're like, the hold on, pause the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. I just I need to point something out to everyone. You right. are the same. He's like, I brought my passport. He's like, yeah. uh, you should oh, stay no, because then instead we uh, just kill Sala. another one of Indy's friends who he's known forever. When yeah. Antonio Bandera Jesus. Jesus no Christ. Yeah. We'll get to that, but first I just want to say with that. But stay in Morocco. Yeah, yeah. Think Temple of Doom, Shanghai. It's like a similar analog of like the set piece in a country, and that's done totally. so much better. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. a million times. I would say everything yeah. in the movie up to where they meet the diving boat could have been condensed a lot because, it, like I said, mm-hmm. those those action scenes they just feel padded out. The Morocco stuff, it's like 
that all could have been like a half an hour instead of like a whole hour prologue could be 15 minutes instead of 30. I was going to ask, would you guys cut that down knowing what it is? Or do you consider that the best stuff of this movie? I certainly don't. Okay. Flashback. Yeah. 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 It took up too much. I thought it was too long and it wasn't interesting enough. Like the, you do 15 minutes and then the title card comes yeah. up. Instead, the title comes up during the flashback and it's like, when does this end? No, you know, okay, yeah. like that, with Lost Crusade, Crusade yeah. you know, yeah. that prequel flashback is like setting up so much about Indy as a character. This is just kind of showing that he met some of these Nazis before and in, in talking about the dial. It's more like exposition dump than anything. And, and it's then not like, for him to be later like, wait, I know, know you. Yeah, yeah, and then the rest of it's just filler action with a CG yeah. monstrosity. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then there's like a, okay. a fight on top of a train, which is gonna, you know, Mission Impossible. I've already seen in the trailer. They do like the same thing where they duck under the tunnel and everything. So and to take multiple beats of that. Yeah, like once is not <laughs> so enough. Jeez, no. Right. Anyway, so Wouldn't you, Matt Mickelson have died from getting hit by that thing? <laughs> yes. He got hit in the face or had like, some like, damage at like sixty yeah. miles an hour. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's dead for sure. No, no. Uh, so, yeah, I, I almost want to fan edit this thing down really bad. But I'll <laughs> yeah, talk about that you later. could, Mike. That's yeah. what you could do. So up to this you point, could definitely cut it down. It's too long, Morocco. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But so we get past Morocco. They're like, okay, we need to go. Well, they they figure out that this not even the second part of the dial, but this map or this what do they call it? Like the. The, or, or the orlothograph or something in your yeah, life. Yeah, two okay, different yeah. kind of code sure. languages, and this will yeah. tell you where the right. Is. If they're looking yeah. for this thing, they think they they kind of oh okay. So yeah, so they go. It's and what, the under Nazis the water. find them. It's every two minutes. Yeah. The Nazis find them. They move. The Nazis find them. They Thanks move. They hire puzzle. this boat Thanks for the solution. Yeah, yeah. Antonio Banderas, the diver. Uh, eventually, his get this old, old of divers killed just for being friends with Indiana Jones. But so um, they go to they go off the coast of Sicily or towards Greece. We're supposed to believe that maybe Antonio Banderas is a Greek fisherman that is or a pirate, Spanish is or something. Spanish. I don't think yeah, they okay. ever explain him anything enough. We, he's just an old friend of Indy. His name is like uh, Mipanos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he might be Greek. I don't know. So they go. So the the ship that the first half of the dial was found on, uh, Helena's father realized that this part of the boat sank deeper into the water, and that's where the this graph thing will be. So they go down, they dive. Eighty year old Indiana Jones goes on a uh, underwater diving expedition. Antonio Banderas explains. Uh, pressure sickness and the bends and mm-hmm. in a very layman's term and sets up, like I said earlier, the three minutes underwater sequence. But before that, Jacob, yeah. hold on. We are reminded. What is Indiana Jones scared of again? Oh, uh, this part I thought was funny. There's, this this is, is a funny line. Maybe the best part of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The one they good say, thing oh. that short round does. Yeah, right. They say they snakes? Say, what's in the, what's in the water there? He says, oh, it's eels. Uh, they said, and then the kid says, like, oh, eels are just like snakes. And he says, huh? oh, they're not. <laughs> yeah. what? Like, when these first sees eels, he's like, huh? <laughs> like, when they even say eels, he's, like, on edge. Yeah. He's, like, very spooked. He just hates he long, like, slithery yes. things. He, li- yeah. he yeah. clearly has a fear of tubes coming at him. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah. Well, so he's traumatized. Then, lo and behold, he encounters some underwater snakes. You know, why is it always some mores snakes? are down there? He's all mad. He kind of gets bungled up. They get the thing. They save each other. Now. Uh, you'll be shocked to hear that when they rise, the Nazis are there and catch the them. The Nazis show up while they're underwater. <laughs> they show up on the kill boat the in the middle of nowhere. Of the boat, yeah. except for yeah. the little kid. Yeah. Um, they Why come not? Up. Yeah. Kill the kid, too. Who cares? So once again, <laughs> Indy the is doing the hard work of, of getting the artifact just to be taken by we, the Nazis. We skipped completely over the auction. Throw me the rope. Yeah. Because <laughs> we did not set yeah. up that the kid likes to ask pilots how to yes. pilot a plane. He's basically and doing like a plane a simulator oh, yeah. or that like, was invented. Jacob, some idiot in quarantine wrote this movie. It's like, well, I'm a billionaire. I'm James Mangold. I'm a millionaire. When I'm at home, I, I use my flight simulator. Now, what would this right. young teen in 1969 do? Well, he would have a makeshift flight simulator, of course. He He's also obsessed with American airplanes. Well, that's a, this kind of helicopter. Okay. But don't worry, it'll pay off in the third act, right? It absolutely will. That's why I wanted to bring it up. I'm yeah. sorry. Keep going. We have um, they come up from the diving. Here. Everybody's yeah. dead, yeah. They come up. Yeah. They give the pictograph to the Nazis. Then there's this whole... This was a scene that I liked, actually. I think the movie started to pick up after the first hour. I got a little more into it from here on. I think, I think the third act was kind of the best where they... We'll get to it. But yeah. um, I like this scene where Helena, you think she's backstabbing Indy just for the money, right? But it's all mm. this plot to, uh, you know, get them get them to escape, right, with the dynamite. It says this and that and do this and do that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Buy and she also gives... Light and a dynamite. Yeah, and that's she, fine. She subtly gives, him, gives them the wrong location, right? So they think it's going to be in Alexandria. She's like, no, it's not in Alexandria. It's, it's in Sicily or whatever, right? So mm. they do that smart thing that... Um, Oh, Jesus. What are they called? What are the Nick Cage movies called? National, National Treasure. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, that National yes. Treasure does where they trick the bad guy by roping them in on the clues to be like, and of course, there's nine muses. And then Mads Mikkelsen will come in and like, and Calypso's the ninth muse. You're like letting them sort of like yeah, answer right. the part of it too, Leading where it's like, witness. you're invested now. Get out of here. Yes, I, mm-hmm. I did like that. Yeah, that's working. Yeah. That's a yeah. good scene. But then they also are just bowed away in the wrong direction. So Mad Mickelson's like, hmm, they're going west instead of east. And so, so somehow from that, they're able to discern the correct location. So it doesn't matter anyways. That's another problem I have where the constantly in this movie, the Nazis just kind of show up when it's like, how did they know where they were going? You know, but, yeah, that's Indiana yeah. Jones for you, I guess. But <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then they get, get another MacGuffin. Then we go find his tomb. And luckily, yes. it, it's buried with him. So they're just going to find where his tomb is. So we get to do some Archimedes tomb. tomb. It's in this cave, right? They go in these caves that are like a tourist attraction. Yeah. I, um, also, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. This that's movie right. short round. The fine. kid gets kidnapped by the Nazis for a bit. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the Nazis end up chasing <laughs> him down into the caves. Um, they do some stuff happens. down there. <laughs> they, they. Yeah. They open up the tomb and Archimedes has that watch. That's the coolest part. And one of the yes. carvings looks like an airplane. Like, what's this? Yes. Phoenix? Yeah. So and we've seen which, at this point in Sicily, the puppet show with the dragons fighting off the Romans. So I, I do want to point right. that out. Right. So that's a good foreshadowing. Also, the wa- Archimedes' watch is literally Mads Mikkelsen's watch. So you think he would have recognized it and be like, hey, wait a minute. I would be <laughs> very personally upset to realize that clearly I am going to die in the past. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. That's the, the worst place for me to ever die. I do not want to die alone as the only person in my time period, please. No, unlike another um, 
so this whole plan, right? They're going to go in this plane. This, the Nazis have a plane ready already, a Nazi plane, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> this reveal, <laughs> this is, I mean, it's, let me just say, guys, it's a classic. They, yeah. Everybody is so tired and upset and they're like, what's going to happen? And God damn it, if every villain of this film, including a white Southern idiot who does not speak German, who has been trying to right. teach himself German this whole time, yeah. yes. step out and classic, classic, fucking... Raiders Nazi of the Lost Ark style Nazi SS Let me put on my black suit with the red arm band The fucking The yeah. thing where you look at it, and I don't know about you guys, but as a white, red-blooded American, I, I, I keep saying white. I did not mean to say it that time. What I meant to say was white, hot, red-blooded American. There we go. Um, when I see this, I just want to kill whoever is wearing this. This is the yeah, sure, worst yeah. look in human history. I want to destroy the people who Hugo wear Boss, these outfits. Right? Yeah. God damn. It is fashionable, <laughs> but God damn does it make um, me want to kill they, them. We put it's the fashion, crazy. fashion, fashion. <laughs> yes, they do, Mike. Yeah. They do. Yeah. Well, God damn, okay. they do. <laughs> the Boyd Holbrook character, I like this because he is like this dumb southern white guy and it kind of shows, he again, touching on a little bit of real world political Current implications of like yeah, there's some Americans that would absolutely be Nazis. Like, their their ideology is not that different, right? So mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, I'll go back in time and become a Nazi with you. Sure, why yes. not? It speaks to the dumbest and the poorest and the the you know most feeble minded of us. These yeah. these the grander mindless. illusions. Yes, exactly. They also have like the biggest guy in the world, right, with them. That um, dude, look up who that guy is. That guy fucking ruled whoever up. that. I guy actually is. did. That uh, guy's awesome. I don't remember his name, but I looked it up. He's apparently known as the world's tallest professional bodybuilder, and he's okay. five inches taller than the mountain. Right, the guy that played the oh. mountain in Game of Thrones. So he's yeah, not the strongest. Cool. But he's the tallest professional. When he breaks that guy in the plane's neck by just like barely moving his fingers, I was like, this guy is fucking huge. <laughs> yeah. But that oh, guy yeah. kind of gets a grisly way to go, too, because he gets handcuffed. He's kid, a Nazi. And the, the kid child. handcuffs him underwater. Yes, like, I don't that's care. Fucking cold-blooded, that's what they get. Like drowning. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't yeah, care. That's what they get. Yeah. So one thing I like from that kid is drowning that guy. Right. Mercilessly. <laughs> Fuck you, Nazis. <laughs> yep. Um, so they, they get the on the plane. So there's another. There anyway, I don't want to. So they get on the plane, and guys, I'm well, gonna be honest with finally you. Finally, the movie says up. out loud, "We're going to fly through a fissure and die." <laughs> yes, we're going. Well, back. I did like this. Yep. It gets a little wacky, and I did like that. But first of all, we didn't even mention Indy gets shot yes. in the cave. Yes. He's yeah. shot in the chest. Like he gets shot about two hours uh, before this plane ride even occurs. And then it's yeah. about a 45 minute plane ride. Like he and is dying. Ten, like 2000 years until he gets shot once they arrive. Yes. So he's right. That's ends up right. ahead of the curve. Technically, so he, I haven't been shot, been shot yet. yet. <laughs> like, no, he doesn't understand how time works. Yeah. You're still you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. He is actively I'll finally end up in a museum. He is dying. He is, <laughs> he is yeah. actively dying. dying. So got, so, they so kidnap him, plan, right? So, so yeah. Yeah, so they got him kidnapped. They got him. We're yeah. going to back in they time. Take him on the plane. World War Two. Yeah. For some reason, they just take Indiana Jones with them. I didn't really understand. That he either. says like we must show him it will work, and you're like, <laughs> why? It's I guess like Matt Mickelson. Yeah, just wanted to prove that there math are fifty will times where you're like, you know what? This guy has defeated us at every turn. Let's just go ahead and shoot him right now we've caught him yeah. for the 50th time we're very good at this he's very well, it's the old. classic uh it's he's the classic so leaving him in the in the egyptian tomb oh no he got out yeah right yeah. um just make sure he's dead just don't walk away until he's dead 
I would. Classic I would leave you guys in the Egyptian tomb. It's the kindness in my it's heart. It's the sporting <laughs> thing to do. Yes. Yeah, sure. I, I have, have to give him a chance. Yeah. Later yeah. when you shoot me, my last thoughts would be, damn, he did make it. That's great. <laughs> as I'm dying. Right. Good for you. Um, but so they take him on the plane. Helena yeah. and this movie short round. I don't forget. I don't remember the kid's name. <laughs> Is it Benny? Yeah. <laughs> I, it might be Benny. We'll just say Benny. <laughs> but yeah. I, it might be like Fernando. <laughs> I think I'll it's be Benny. With you guys, I'm not Benny. positive. Dolphins it's Benny. jersey. Who's number twelve on the Dolphins in that area? <laughs> that's that's, that's a Dolphins jersey in '69. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure. All right. Um, well, Dan Marino's dad. Yeah, Dan Marino. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they like they take another plane. They follow him. Right. Um, I kind of thanks for he steals, this, how, uh, he steals this plane, but the guy yeah. who owns the plane is sleeping in it. What, yeah, he wakes up and they're in the part? sky. Oh yeah, Helena somehow gets onto the Nazi plane. Well, she rides a motorcycle into the rain, <laughs> guys. I have to turn the music down when I park my car. Not even parallel. I mean, when I pull into the spot. Let alone am I driving a motorcycle, looking at the plane, looking at the other plane I just got off of, leaping onto the landing gear. Oh, yeah, yeah. He does that whole bit. So the kid's yeah. just flying on his own with the pilot of the plane following them. Yeah, what but a- luckily he spent so much time in his makeshift flight simulator so he knows how to pilot it, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. So of course, they're heading towards this fissure in time, which is in the sky. There's certain <laughs> coordinates that the Archimedes dialed these are these are naturally occurring. They could not enter these if they didn't have the dial. No, we just the, don't the dial know that and the like, coordinates. Sometimes up in the clouds, fissures in time open up. Is this, course, is this yeah. what's happening? And it might only Archimedes have the map to figure this out. What? Well, yeah, no, yeah, explain any of this debate. Yeah. No. Conjunction um, of the do. spheres. What on earth does that mean? I do <laughs> not remember any. The of that. dark crystal. The oh, of course. Spheres. Yeah. Of but the thing is, so they're heading to they Mads Mikkelsen's plan. He's going to go back to 1939, right before the war was lost by the Axis powers, the Nazis. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a certain date in 1939. It's 1969, so it's 30 years in the past. But as they're flying, India's like, you didn't think about continental drift. Basically, his numbers are off because of continental drift, which Archimedes didn't know about. Um, so instead of going to Nazi Germany, they go to ancient Rome. So instead of 30 yeah. years, it's like 3000 years. Is <laughs> yeah, that what it's off like by a lot? I guess. Be? Okay. Yeah. Because Archimedes- that seems like a huge mess. Up. <laughs> well, again, yeah. Mads knew the math, but he wasn't thinking in the context of Archimedes, not knowing that continental drift existed for all the math right. that he could do around the stars. He didn't know. But he was also like, and we'll be above Germany. And they're like, no, we're just still over like Sicily. And no, he's he like, wanted oh, to. Right. I think they were going to fly to Germany after they went uh, okay. What I'm seeing okay. here, the Allied invasion of Sicily was in 1939. So okay. they wanted to stop the Allies I saw, kind of getting a foothold and then go from there. Okay. Uh, and I learned this. So what Sicily. they go to is called the Siege of Syracuse. Did you guys yeah. know that? In Not Syracuse in America. That's why, it, that's why it really jumped out to me. I was like, wow, yeah. other places have a Florida Syracuse. Oh, shit, never mind. Yeah, right. so if I may, as soon as we're in ancient Rome and we have people with machine guns shooting at Roman soldiers, <laughs> spears flying into airplanes, there's the – I'm like, no, 
Yes, this is so much better than Aliens. Are you kidding oh, me? Indiana well, Jones yeah. should be in the past. So this is your alien. argument, Mike. Okay. Yes. I don't agree with that. But I, I do. This was one of my favorite. This was like my favorite part of the movie. I love this. Boyd Holbrook essentially having a mental breakdown and having to kill everyone around him and putting a minigun outside of a window and firing it at Roman ships. Yeah. That is completely insane. It is cool. He does kind of go crazy and start shooting people. Mads Mikkelsen is like, we need to go back. Like, obviously, this is wrong. Uh, We need Mm -hmm. to go back through time, get back to Nazi Germany. And um, but all these Nazis are just getting dooskied by our heroes, yeah. right? Uh, and these these and triemies or whatever are shooting their giant ballista bolts into the airplane, right? Yep. They're not the most. Um, the are, those are Roman triemies. <laughs> you think we're in the past? Well, we are. Right. Oh shit! That <laughs> dying old man just growled that at me. <laughs> Yeah, he's just chopping it up, by the way, Mike. It is Bill and Ted. <laughs> That's what we need. Like, because as a person who studies the past, Indiana Jones, the ultimate conclusion for the character is for him, if you're going to go crazy, I hated to this. put him in the past. I like it. <laughs> I hate yeah, it. and I like That's this. Okay. And I, when he literally says out loud, leave me stay. to die in the past because I need to see it. It's cool. I well, was like, that the idea, is the craziest. <laughs> Jacob, you go for I have a take. I have a take. No, uh, I this was. My favorite, and I and I think I was like, are they going to actually end it with Harrison Ford just staying in the past? I think is that how Indiana <laughs> Jones' story ends? He just dies in the past, right? So, so on that note, I was like, holy shit, what is this movie? But two men from a different era, time has passed them by, and the thing is, maybe I just need to stay in the past. Maybe this franchise is made for a different time, and we need to yeah. leave it where it lie in the past. Sure. That's what I thought they were going to do. Um, I think I think space, just but... narrative wise, we're owed this one last lesson from our hero to pass on where you get the great ending of Last Crusade. Sean Connery, leave it, Junior. He doesn't need the cup of Christ. He literally uh, yeah. leaves it. He realizes that that's what it is. We don't get that payoff in Kingdom of Crystal Skull because the object is a thing that then just goes on to become like a thing that's just like doing his own thing and like walking around and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If in this mind blowing Wombat Helena Shaw had been like, but we could use it again. I could go back and save my father. For him to say like, no, and I'm not going to save Mutt either because what we need to learn is he needs to. This needs to be the Wait, final they say that in the nail. No, no, they don't. That's happened. what I'm saying. You're we right. need, like, we that need, that's a no, line. that would be such a more just yeah. like narrative payoff to this whole message. Instead, it's like truly at the last moment when it comes to the present, I'm like, right. So like, how could meeting the, the Greek mathematician Archimedes, how could they twist that to saving mutt? Like Helena Shaw says to him, like pass on a legend. <laughs> like, you know, like in my mind, I'm like, what could they have butterfly effect to fix? And it's like nothing. They can't. That right. is the lesson you learn well, in that the... moment. But they needed to let it go while he's there. He needs to have the catharsis to say, let it go. Instead, he la- truly ends it with... Leave me here. I'm a piece and of shit. And she punches him and in the face sad. and makes him yeah. come yeah. back. Yeah. That is heartbreaking. She forces him to come back to the present and make a choice. Yeah. I think he's not thinking straight. I can't let go of the past. He's, he's shot. He's dying. He's in the ancient past, which he spent his whole life studying. So he's like, yeah, he thinks he's here. not going to survive. Yeah. yeah. 
But she's like, no, we have modern medicine. He needs to go where they can fix him. She keeps saying that to them. I'm like, that is a crazy way. They know what medicine is. That is very funny where it is like, who's watching grandpa? She's like, just don't listen to him. I'm going to take him home. Rambling Archimedes. I I will get him his medication in 10 minutes. I have had that where I'm trying to get someone into a car, Mike, a grandfather. People are like, is everything okay? And I'm like, you don't know the situation. Like, or just a very drunk a person like it's all yes, right yeah Girl, don't worry yes yeah what honestly, I, think, I think that's what it was is that he's he's not thinking straight he's he was shot he's seriously injured he's dying so he's just yeah. like let me stay here okay now, right. let me ask you guys so did you I like agree with colin on that though it could have been yeah thank you like a... did you like the way the that the nazis in mads mickelson's story ended where they just crashed their plane <laughs> and died and then he gets two-faced, I believe. Does his yes. whole face get melted off? I believe so. We We're so yeah, bad at I'm like, gross, what yeah. rating is this movie? You're just choosing the strangest things to That's show. That's an me. Indiana Jones right. tradition to have a little bit of grotesque. That's true. A little bit of face yeah. melting. He's got to put a little you bit of melt face melting face in each of The ultimate yeah. irony, we see you know, Archimedes take his watch or whatever right? and be like, whoa, a watch. I've never seen Crazy. one of these before. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, he says, how long have you, how long, how far have you traveled, right, to, to India? And he says, 2,000 years. Mm-hmm. And they have a nice moment sense. where they talk, and I like that. Um, and then they go back to the 1969, Indy wakes up in his apartment. And then what do we get? We get a nice little reunion. Mm-hmm. Karen Allen, Marion Ravenwood, the love of his life. And especially because she's back, I was like, wait, how did they save Mud? I true in my mind, I was like, I wonder how. <laughs> and again, come in the door. Yeah. Now, it's, let me ask yeah, you this. Like he's did, gone. He fought in the war. So was that the Korean War? Because this was, you know, I would po- say Vietnam late War. 50s. No, he said enlisted. Vietnam. It would have been Vietnam. So he died recently then because this is 1969, right? Yeah. So Vietnam oh, yeah. was ongoing. And they he would have enlisted as a, a man. This guy yeah. has now killed people oh, okay. in New York. It's in the news. Okay. It would have been like 30 years old when he's like, I'll be a private in the yeah, if he's, Vietnam. If he's a teen like, or, or early 20s in, in me 55 or whatever. That. Yeah. I don't know. So, if you were asking someone where they would time travel to and his answer is, I would convince my son not to go to the war. Would your next question be like, why did he do it just to like piss you off? Would you like not like read the side of like, oh, he probably died in combat. That's the most horrifying thing I've ever heard in my life. Right. Yeah. I want back to um, ask that question. Right. But, you know, Marion Ravenwood shows up and yeah. I like this moment where they do the why. Why do you where like doesn't this? it hurt? <laughs> You know, it's oh, nostalgia bait. You know, oh, the scene yes. where, you take okay. up, where doesn't yes, it hurt? Let me yes, kiss you there. One hundred percent. When they do here, their here. first big couple move, Karen yeah. Allen. And having just seen know. Raiders two days ago, yes. I was like, oh, that's yes. nice. Like that's that. it's very cute. Yes, yeah. agreed. But again, I like the Crystal Skull ending better where they're just. They're uh, right. Yeah. And I like her being a character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She could have been a bigger character in this. Instead oh, of just geez. showing up at the end as a cameo. Well, that's the plot. That's the general outline. We've done done it. What do we say we jump to final thoughts, wrap up, any kind of, you know, final ratings for this thing here as we've taken you through a journey uh, dialing with Destiny. Final thoughts coming up right after this.
We're back here. We're winding back the dial of destiny because we're talking to Nan Jones on normies like us. Uh, we're wrapping things up. We're going to give our final thoughts, but let's just for a second talk about the release of this film because this mm-hmm. is a good segue into our final thoughts here. Yeah. This film opened at Con. Mm-hmm. Interesting choice. <laughs> it kind received of a misread by Disney, I think. Received yes. not stellar reviews. It almost no. instantly killed any buzz or goodwill that this film had going for it, mm-hmm. which was a marketing campaign essentially built around, hey, we woke Harrison Ford up. He is up and walking around and he seems happy to do us. That's yeah. good enough for you guys to come to this thing, right? And audiences have had the opinion that, in fact, no, that is not enough reason to come to this thing. Boy, it is it opened to a dismal, I believe, 40 million dollars uh, opening yeah. weekend, which truly for one of the uh, highest budgeted films of for all the time, whole weekend is disastrous. I, Boy, it like I think it might have been 620, really. For the um, opening weekend, but it's probably going to, I mean, that's it's going to have a drop off. And oh, it's going to play. It'd be lucky budget. to hit 200, 220. Now, yeah. this uh, means what? going forward because i think obviously studios always learn the wrong lesson so this is this this is what does kathleen kennedy finally get fired do they ever do anything with indiana jones ever again yeah i think they i mean i don't think they're making another indiana jones movie yeah if if they want to really cash in on the if they want to milk this freaking cow you would do something you know with short round or whatever adventures of short oh, the, round. I saw the, the only thing yeah the, the thing that they learned the last time a lucas films thing bomb mike was okay we'll pivot to prestige we'll TV. tv and it did work yeah. out yeah do it well, that's what i was thinking of a movie so i saw someone tweeted and said like oh i'd love to see a, a wombat and short round spinoff what so, does that mean i guess i don't know like who really wants to see who that? would love to see that yeah I, you sir <laughs> you know what i didn't liar? like she calls him indie so much in this film i really did not like when she would say indie you call him either you call him dr jones doll <laughs> yeah you call him <laughs> you dr call, jones no not to go full that you call him you either call him indiana or you call him henry or you call him dr jones I do not like when. Well, she's his goddaughter. You can't call I, him Indy. That's not enough for me. She cannot refer to him as Indy. Look, no. Mike called him Teach, right? So yes, cool. and I liked that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yo, Mutt, Teach. Mutt is innocent. Free Mutt dresses Mutt for Mutt. Is innocent. Mm-hmm. Bring him back to life. Yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so not doing great at the box office again. We no. this franchise seems like it's for nobody anymore. Like, it's just for people nostalgic for those original movies, which won't be surpassed by anything they create anyway. So let's just stop trying. Let's maybe stop spending so much money on these sequels that are supposed to, you know, make a billion dollars and be the biggest entry ever. And they just end up not delivering the premises of the original. How how do we do this, Mike, to get these greedy studios to stop ballooning these budgets? This is it. It's happening. Right. They're all having terrible well, returns except for Spider-Man. They're hopefully learning their lesson right that's now. That's the big theme of this year because, like I, like I said, I was looking at these different budgets. Fast X was, like, close to $300 million mm-hmm. as well. Wow. The Flash. The um, Flash was made for 10 years. Like, the that, budget yeah, of that thing, expensive. legally, they cannot tell you because the development costs alone. You, you can't even factor right. in what the Flash is. And, again, right, just right. comparing it to Dune, like, each part of Dune was, like, $120 million. Like, Damn, Villeneuve is like getting the most out of his money. Even Blade Runner didn't do great, but like what he got with 120 yeah. million or so in that in what he captured, like, right. come on, dude, Villeneuve, yeah, godly. And and Denny Villeneuve, here's the thing: the complex scientific shots or sci-fi shots that you're like, wow, 
Colin, Jacob, you saying this, like he saved so much money doing this. It's like, it'll be a beautiful IMAX shot of a person standing next to a practical fire. And you'll just see the color of what the fire and the lighting right. that it makes him look like. And you're like, that's worth 10 digital Harrison Fords running around the screen. No, yeah. yeah, and all they do is a set extension to make it a bigger room, and you don't even notice it. You know, like it's right. subtle use of CG when it may, when it matters. Not I think paint everything with it. This movie, it's interesting because going, you know, originally this movie actually was going to be directed by Steven Spielberg. The <laughs> original original iteration of this movie, which was like 2015, 2016, when it they was announced- it certainly was not a Dial Desi, just a fifth Indiana Jones. Yeah, but saying. they yeah. when they originally announced a new Indiana Jones, they said. Harrison Ford's coming back. Steven Spielberg's going to direct. George Lucas is going to be involved. Um, and then after a few years of like trying to work it, Spielberg is like, eh, I don't really want. It. I'm moving on to other things. And so they replaced him with James Mangold. About myself. Yeah, <laughs> but, but can I um, say something, Jacob? Yeah. I don't think studios would trust someone like Spielberg with a three hundred million dollar budget or these huge ballooning budgets they get for these. Um, Hollywood blockbusters because he's an artist. Even right. as what's quote unquote considered the greatest director of all time, they wouldn't let him play with that money because they need someone they can control to keep those costs in check. Mm-hmm. Right. I would be interested to see like comparatively Crystal Skull's budget and like how much it made. I don't have the exact numbers, but I mean, no, I mean that was 15 years ago, 2008, kind of the movie industry is very much different now. You're um, strike though. So there's that. Yeah. But even this movie, I thought it was interesting. You know, it was written by like four different people. Like four different people got screenwriter credits. The Butterworth Brothers, which is a very funny <laughs> name. Who uh, are they? <laughs> Jez Butterworth and John Henry Butterworth. Ah, oh, uh, John Henry, the greatest. John Henry plan. Butterworth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, my favorite writer. But one of the writers yeah. was David David Cop, who. Uh, oh, of course, yeah, David Cop, Crystal Skull, <laughs> Hope, yeah. and he wrote, you know, Jurassic Park. Um, so well, he's Jacob, a Spielberg guy. He so wrote and directed were, HBO's yeah. Kimmy. I believe that's the film you mm, want to point out. Of course. <laughs> Soderbergh. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, wrote, didn't direct. Yes. So, right. Yes. Sorry. And one of them, yes, was an original Steven Spielberg writer. And Jacob, one of them is the director, James Mangold, who is a yes. great writer. And the other two are the Butterworth brothers. The other two are the Butterworth brothers, who I have to assume came up with the dial. (laughs) I I think they're Mangold guys, because looking at their filmography, they wrote Ford v. Ferrari. Okay, great. Mangold Mangold directed that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mangold, I like as a director. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's not Here's, an auteur in the same way that no. Spielberg is, where you can immediately recognize and a Spielberg. That goes movie, for everybody, right? basically. Yes. <laughs> but, but can I say to that point, Jacob, for everyone yeah. who is like, well, you guys don't even understand. What he did with Logan, he is going to bring to Indiana Jones 5 because it's going to have this gritty old, it's going to be real. Indiana Jones is going to say, fuck like, here's – can I say that something real quick? Terrible. Here's yeah. what happened with Logan, which I think is a good movie. I think yeah, people are like now Logan. sort of souring on it, but I think for a long time people were like, that's the greatest superhero movie ever made. I think it's a good movie. Here's what happened with Logan. He made that film at a time where a studio, Fox, had fired three people who were in charge of the X-Men properties and were right. like, hey – Whoever's left, make an X-Men film. We well, would the love X-Men, if that was you, James Gold. The Wolverine spinoffs, especially. Yes. Like, the first one yes. was terrible. He yes. did the second one, 
the Wolverine. And so they're yes. like, okay, this one was pretty good. You can do another one, right? Nobody else, everybody else left us. You know, every, yeah. You've got nobody running the ship. It might as well as be you. And in this instance, he's not operating in that same field. He truly is under a microscope when he is making this movie. And the yeah. expectations are so high. And now Jacob, he has signed on to do, this is the, uh, another week, maybe not in a row, because you guys did Flash two weeks ago, but we're, we're talking about a director who it's like their film is bombing. It's also a critical disaster, and they're also confirmed to be working in the James Gunn DC universe. He is, oh, of course, okay. signed on to do the Swamp Thing movie. He is one of two directors confirmed. Andy Muschietti, of course, confirmed yeah. to do Batman Brave and the Bold. And then I yeah. guess you could count James Gunn as the third confirmed to kick off Superman the universe with Superman. Yes. Here's what wow. I'll say about James Mangold. <laughs> oh, no. He, well, okay. Here's the thing. James Mangold... He's a good director. He's not an auteur like Spielberg, um, but he's like a good journeyman director. I think Popland is amazing. Product. Yeah. Yeah. He's made a lot of movies I, I like, like Walk the Line. Okay, 310 Biopic, Yuma. You know? 310 yeah, Yuma, yeah. really good Western. Um, Logan, I do think is not the greatest superhero no. movie ever made, but a really good movie. And I do um, like Fortress that I like a lot. <laughs> I think it's Fortress a good dad Star? movie. Yeah, that's why I'm it's going a very to dad Turismo. movie. I'm like, ah, oh, I have a taste for this Mike. now. <laughs> Absolutely. So he can make, he's <laughs> a competent sort of journeyman director. So him being, you know, him doing Swamp Thing, I'm okay with it. You know, I don't think this movie is totally oh, man, his doesn't fault. Help his ability to draw, it doesn't help Warner Brothers' ability to drum up interest in these new projects. No, no that's right. a problem. And I kind of feel the same way about Andy Muschietti. Like, I think James Mangold is a better director Andy Muschietti, he doesn't have the track record like he did it, but uh, I think James Gunn is just going to hire really competent, like studio guys to do his scripted universe of his world, basically. But is that really different than what the MCU does with Kevin Feige, where any any director that has any kind of more creative input kind of gets fired like Edgar Wright on Ant-Man? Well, and I'm sorry, we have not pointed this out. Is there anything we want to say to the fact that this is not a Paramount film, that this is a Disney film? Do you guys feel, is there a Disney sheen to this movie, Mike? Yeah, and using technology to bring back actors from the dead, sort of. Like, like, you know, like, again, I'm just seeing this as their long-term play. Look at the, with the remake of Lion King and stuff. Now that we can make Harrison look pretty good, give us 10 years, and we can just make movies with all the old actors, and it doesn't fucking matter. We don't have to pay anybody. Yeah, but if they... I mean, I see if they bomb, that's my fear. It's not going to. Yeah. If yeah. they bomb, it's not going to happen. Like, but if they they'll, can have they'll a make one or two and keep yeah. bombing. Yeah. Well, we've talked about this off pod a bunch yeah, about yeah, AI yeah. and stuff, too. And uh, we sort of disagree on it a little bit, but we have different takes, I would say. I, well, but, I see this kind of angle as like the, the darkest, you know, because it's like, ah, if we, it doesn't cost yeah. us nothing to make an Indiana Jones movie for the 600,000 people that want to watch it on Disney Plus, might yes. as well. You know, yeah, and I'm only pro AI if it's Grimes' voice being used for a song. Yes, yeah. of course. Right. Um, I would say, I cynically, I kind of agree with you, but I also think that if enough of these bomb, they're not going to continue to do them. They're going to do whatever sells, right? So I guess that's the obviously market. you can vote with your wallet by going to see good but movies. Here's the thing: Hollywood mm-hmm. really does not do the three strikes and you're out. Like sometimes it is something just reflective, like this, where they go, "Okay, well, we're just done with movies like that," and you are learning the wrong lesson because let me tell you something: keep budget and guy who isn't ninety years old yet. I said it before. 
make another National Treasure movie. Nicolas Cage is still alive and yes. Can move. Well, they made that make another. I, I don't care. I don't care <laughs> no, about no. that. I have, Cage I have one, yeah. no energy or thoughts will be drained hey, from me that for, for that. a while. Yes. I loved I loved the first uh, National Treasure. Nicholas, I love Nicholas Cage. Who doesn't? You know, you love Book of Shadows <laughs> or whatever it's called. <laughs> well, I don't remember that one. That might be the Blair Witch sequel. <laughs> yeah, actually. it is the Blair Witch yeah. sequel. But um, it's a better like it, in Book Uncharted of Secrets, movie sorry. than the Uncharted movie. Yes, yes. Yeah, National Treasure is. Yeah. Yes. And it's well, a better of course, Indiana Jones Uncharted. movie. Than Uncharted. In Uncharted, Antonio Banderas was the bad guy of that movie. Now he's oh, just yeah. like interchangeably being moved around. Showed up for and of course, day. Uncharted, the video game, was a, essentially an attempt to make a new Indiana Jones type franchise. And they did in video game form. Just so now, really sucked ass. Yeah. <laughs> so now Hollywood is cannibalizing video game ideas that were taken from old Hollywood ideas anyway. So it's just kind of, they were taking what if the next ideas Indiana, anyway. Yeah. 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 Wow, but what if the next Indiana Jones, Jones has video game sequences in it? What if the character is just a video game? Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's some um, Indiana Jones video games. I, I have a yeah. couple notes, even though it's not yeah, to really, to really fix this. There's just a couple things that I think would have been interesting. Right. Um, Operation paperclip is hinted at, right? So we know Mads mm-hmm. works with the government, so it should be a thing where they have the dial and he's allowed to research it. So then Indy has to break into the U.S. government with the help oh, 100%. of the CIA woman. Yes, that should have been of one of the heists to get the first half of the dial out of the U.S. government. And that's why you're enemy number one. He stole government property. This guy, we're after him, right? I and love that. Mickelson I really like the team that. to retrieve it on the U.S. government's behalf. They don't even know yes. he's going crazy. Much better. Yes. And uh, Mike, to your point yeah. of or I'm sorry, Jacob's point earlier about the, the times being changed around Indiana Jones. He needs to come from an angle of in the past we fought Nazis. That totally made sense. Now I live in a post Watergate world. I cannot trust my son the died government. in Vietnam. That would be. Yes. I don't yes. Trust I would have. I would yeah. have loved to see some. That would have been better. Or yes. and that's to why add to that from Marion because he grieved too fucking hard. Like, come yes. on, it's right there. Yes, and I think I think to add to that, Mads Mikkelsen's plan should have been to somehow using time make it so that the American government was infiltrated by Nazis, so that current day sixties. The, when he you know, comes back, America would be like a new God, Nazi government. Man in the high it, castle shit. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That would have been Fuck, interesting. Yeah. And then it would have been Indy versus the U.S. government. I like that angle a lot. And then having to go back in time and fix what – like it, it, it happens when we get to see the darkest timeline. And then there's, yeah. we yeah. should have had more time travel if we're going to do this thing. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Disney, Kathleen Kennedy – why are you not hiring us? Why are you hiring yeah, the Butterworth yeah. brothers? We've so given you so many ideas. Goddamn Shit syrup us. twins, the Butterworth brothers. <laughs> right, right. You know, it's it's just there's it's right there, and I don't know what is what is wrong with them. It's probably just studio mandate notes and test groups. Like like you said, Jay, at minute five, this has to happen, and it's just like, yeah, it's got to be safe. <sighs> it's got to be middle of the road so everyone can enjoy it. So it's a four quadrant picture, right? But then. If you make it for everyone, then it's really made for no one, right? Yeah, but you could have told something with him and Wombat. She's more progressive. He's old school. These times are different. You know, it's not like when you were young, Indy. Things are changing. You're going to have to get on, you know. Yeah. Instead, they just made her, oh, I stole it from you. Then you stole it from me. Then I stole it from you. That's capitalism. And not even in a cool Catwoman and, way. And no, yeah. and we forgot to point out unnamed kid again. We don't know who he <laughs> I was. Think it's, I He's, keep saying Benny. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to call him Italio. <laughs> okay. Italio. We can he call him Quinn. Forgot that. With no name. Other than fly. I like when, when they go to Sicily or, and those kids are like, look at that kid in that straw hat. And they're like bullying him. 
Well, and then he steals. He is he is a, a pickpocket. Yes. I like that he did that. He steals and then pays Gets for the ice cream. Him. And then at the end, that's right, Elena says, let's go get ice cream. And the kids are like, we already got ice cream. And Saul is like, hey, you can never have too much <laughs> ice cream. I was like, yeah, this movie's really very Indy's pro watch. ice cream. I think I've still had his watch. It's my father's watch is what he said. And he screams at him. And then Jacob, it's I'm sorry, angry, real yeah. quick. The mm-hmm. one other time he really lost it. We get through um, uh, the chase scene after the boat. Helena says something like, and I always said, use dynamite. Or she's got some sort of like, <laughs> like that my friend smiles. just died. And he <laughs> says, my friend was just murdered on that <laughs> boat. And he is so angry. It is the two times where grumpy Harrison Ford comes through. We are like, oh, this old man scares me. Well, I, I agree yeah. with him, though. Like, she was being very blase yes, about the fact that they got that bro- entire it, crew of divers murdered. If the whole <laughs> movie was him breaking the tropes of action movies, that there were consequences to extreme violence and being friends with Indiana Jones. Great. That yeah. I would love to see that movie. One or two moments every once in a while is so jarring and horrifying. We are yeah. like, oh my God. Yeah. And Colin, your ending where basically Marion and even him are it, with that loss being present throughout this being like, we could change it all, Indy. We could change it. We just got to go back. And he's like, the whole point of the past is to learn from it. I've learned that now. I was yes. wrong. We learn from the past. We can't change it. That's your takeaway. Boom, that's a yeah, decent movie. That's right. I'm upset. <laughs> Never change the past, Barry. I, I gotta go. Yeah, Galo just called. I gotta go. <laughs> it's our mistakes that define us. That's why we Are study you history. Eating so shrimp we know cocktail? <laughs> <laughs> right. That's right. You but have a moral really, this parable. is the, learn from the past yeah. mistakes. You know, yeah. Nowadays. And that's yeah. kind of the theme of this summer of blockbusters, right? It's time travel, Universe? it's multiverses. You can't yeah. change the past. That's well, what every major franchise is doing multiverses yes. now. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Spoil- spoilers for Top Gun Maverick, uh, mm-hmm. listeners, if you haven't seen that, I believe we all have here. Oh, yeah, they go through the time um, fissure to save Goose. <laughs> <laughs> the ending is, of course, they get in an old timey biplane and they yeah, stop them from getting throat fissure. cancer. They're fighting oh. the Red Baron now in, in World War One. Val, we're coming. They think we're dragons. People have pointed out. Rain of fire. They end with a your lead character instead of passing the torch, saying "Leave me" after being shot, and then the character they would typically pass it to saying "No, let's go." An action sequence, and then they actually carry on. And the uh, stakes for our hero are that they actually have to do live on and continue on in the world. Yeah, interesting. I don't really care. I again, I I think when you revisit these things and you intrinsically have to start them off at such a low place that you do have to undo the wedding to Marion, the happy life, you know, loving Ox being, I think he was the Dean of the college. And instead in this one, they're like, yeah, just it was making the happy him retired. Jacob. Yes. Of you the get like apartment. everything you deserve. And instead to go like, well, he can't be like that. I think be happy that at the beginning sucks. of the movie. Yeah. Yes, I think you more places no should movie. start from a place of positivity, though. There are yeah. ways to narratively figure that stuff out. I don't know. Well, I'll say two two things. One, yeah. Crystal Skull did the non-passing the torch better, where at the end, his hat, and falls, and hat blows off. <laughs> Shia almost picks up the hat. He's like... Not yet, Sonny. Not yet, yeah. Sonny. You're about to die in a war. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
so this is my other thought too. I'm like, if I could supercut yeah. the first half of Crystal Skull with the last half of this, and somehow just make the MacGuffin oh. the dial the whole time and not do aliens, he, and then let yeah. him be married. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't want him to die. Is my issue. I want the married ending, like Jacob said. That's the yeah. perfect way to leave it, and then we leave the character forever. That was the perfect that was way to end the franchise. Dun, yeah, dun, like that was the happy dun, ending dun, that Spielberg dun. kind of just left it at. I and can see it's a final of a Lucas. comic panel in a run of the yeah. serials. And we're done publishing this. Here's his final panel. He's married, happy, right. and the altar. Done. See you later. Right. And it's interesting because after that movie came out, they were talking about doing a sixth one or a fifth one. And Harrison Ford said, you know, I would do it if it doesn't take another 20 years because it took 20 years between 89 and 2009, right? Yeah. And it ended up taking almost 20 years. It took 15 years, right? <laughs> That is so, so embarrassing. You dude. said twenty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, Harrison. I'm a man of my word. It wasn't twenty. Oh, great, Grandpa. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I this know, is for man. sure the last Indiana Jones movie, at least 100%. with Harrison Ford, because what are they going to make another one when he's ninety? I don't think so, so. Will they ever touch the character again without him? Only to do a young. I could see a young prequel type situation. They're not gonna. I don't think they're. I don't think they. Oh would no, 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 Jacob! I want. I want 1962. <laughs> I want kind of still old. Yeah, cast. You know, uh, Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> the only thing I would want is is, and by young I mean like y- yeah. like young Indiana Jones adventure. Him as a right. teen or a kid or something, or a young guy, but not as. Don't reboot him as like a mid 30s guy like he was in Raiders or whatever because. No, I just don't want that. <laughs> Chris Pratt, your favorite Mario Mike, was rumored oh, for years. I mean, do you want to see another actor play this character? The, the one who could do it is is Chris Pine. Mm. Edgin, you know, good old Edgin. He's got charm. I still he don't could. want it. I still but don't want it. He could, and too. I still don't want it. And Harrison also, yeah. they asked Harrison Ford about it. He said, I am Indiana Jones. When I go, he goes. So I don't know if he has the authority to make that decision in terms of creative rights, but that's He'll what he sign said. His <laughs> it seemed to work out for Back to the Future. So yeah. Yeah. Express one. That's what I'm. I'll yeah. put money on the Polar Express version of an Indiana Jones down the line with Harrison's if anything, likeness. Yeah, I think most likely it would be like a short round spinoff or something like that. Like what they're most likely to actually make. But they shouldn't make any of it. To be hundred percent no. honest. I don't no. think so. I don't think this is so. A dead franchise yeah. I'm not kidding. People. I I like uh, Spielberg's Tintin. I like both mm. National Treasure films. Yeah. Uh, Uncharted is pretty much unwatchable, in my opinion. They go into a Papa John's at one point. And you have to watch Mark Wahlberg be like, I'm in a Papa John's. I mean, it is like the worst film on the planet. I haven't seen it. Oh, um, that might be your viewing tonight, my friend. I uh, I maybe. think it's on Netflix. I think or you got a date. Book of Shadows. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, I might rewatch Kingdom Skull. <laughs> Jeez, Kingdom Skull. Kingdom <laughs> or whatever it's called. <laughs> you, it, you don't, don't, yeah, it, it doesn't deserve its whole name to be pronounced. Okay. Kingdom Look, Skull take, Island? Yes. <laughs> Again, I think Kingdom Skull is good. I even like the aliens in the end. I like you the aliens. Do, if you can do supernatural, you can do aliens, you can do time travel. It's all yeah. fine. If like, Jesus existed, alien exists. aliens. Yeah. <laughs> that's my that's, theory. That's yeah. it for me. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Indiana Jones, we like the movies that we got. We don't need any more. Um, you know, I didn't, like, like, I didn't like all the movies. movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, they used to yeah, make they would like original properties in Hollywood. And I think that they should still do that. 
the tagline for this first one was here comes the next great uh hero or something like that like truly it was like hey here's something you haven't seen before (laughs) i would love to go back to something like that so hopefully with all these things flopping like monetarily they're like okay because there has been things like cocaine bear that's like cheap and it just makes a ton of money right relatively so lower the budget introduce new ideas risking less yeah spider-verse is the exception it's the only thing that's good yeah but spider-verse even on a modest budget of like a hundred million and made it yeah yeah because it focuses on characters and story and doesn't it's not bloated in any way you know anyway yeah yeah just do it right so we'll see but they should definitely but some of these big franchises yeah they're getting too insane like the fast x budget like what are yeah. we? What are we doing, folks? Not everything like, deserves an in-game budget. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I truly watch oh. this movie, Fast X, um, any of these other ones that have come out this summer. I'm like, I don't like movies anymore. <laughs> I'm getting like it's these kind of movies. There's still, you know, there's still diamonds in the rough. I think, but it's like, if you're making a movie for 300 million, then it has to make 600 million just to break even with with marketing yeah. and everything. So like, you're really shooting yourself in the foot. And like like it was like we said in the Star Trek, I think I talked about mm-hmm. Chris Pine about talking about the future of Star Trek and saying, "Look, these don't need to make Marvel money. Like these should be made for sub a hundred million dollar budget, mm-hmm. so they can make a you know a mid sized return, yeah, and not be a huge you know box office bust." So yeah, that's you know what I was I feel about this. But and Jacob, we brought that up on that episode, the D and D one. But you know what I was thinking about because I almost brought that up to my brother when we were talking uh, Beast Wars too. But the the card that they play is like Lorenzo Di Bonaventura, the producer of Transformers, is like yeah, but a couple of those two that we put a really big budget in, China went crazy for, and they broke a yeah. billion dollars. And like so, sometimes we do have to chase that. And you're like, yes. You do have these couple of examples that did work. You shouldn't be focusing on that. How do you tell them that, though, whose job is to literally, I need to make as much money as I can? Well, I think that less had you could have done that for less budget, too. Like, it's not because of the budget that they were successful. It's more that yes, you right. loves Transformers for some reason. Yes. Like they yeah. generally do well. I think there. You're, that's a very good point. They, they yeah. It could have been a, a, a payout regardless. I once won yeah, five hundred dollars on a scratcher. I bought thirty thousand more and haven't won. But, you know, I've right. once. Yeah, it and again, is. It's, it's so that weird mentality. that you know most of these high budget movies they have like a lot of effects and stuff like that. This movie, it's like again, I really don't know what they spent the money on, unless de aging technology is just really expensive. For it, that. Boy, it must be. It must be. Like, man. what else are they spending money on? <laughs> There's three countries that we go to. Some, Rome, yeah. I don't know. Yes. Like, <sighs> How did well, you guys I'll say this, this is very wrapping up. Well, yeah. that's what I wanted to ask. How did you guys see it? How was the theater? Because box office not great. Mm. Um, oh, it was terrible. It was terrible. Crowded matinees. What did you guys hit? No, just me. No, I saw it in a matinee. Very uncrowded. I mean, I saw it at like 1 p.m. in the afternoon. Uh, went in the theater, got a soda, immediately spilled a bunch of soda on my shirt. Oh, <laughs> so no. I was dealing with that. So I already had a bad mindset going in. Damn, Watched a bunch funny. of trailers that I've already seen. I was like, man... <laughs> I don't want to be here. But. You're mad at Harrison Ford because your shirt's yeah. like, this is <laughs> your fault. all over my shirt. I was yeah, glad so, to just get to I'm see Craven on the big them. screen. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. God. Of I course. Went on, I went on Saturday early afternoon, like 2.45 at the Alamo. But every screening around that time in the afternoon was full. Like, there was only mm. seats close to Opening the Opening weekend. And okay. for a yeah. theater for movie nerds. 
so yeah. that was like pretty full over there which that's a good sign that's good yeah so i, I thought, did oh, see it on yeah i did see it on a monday at 1 p.m so it's like mm-hmm. probably the least busy time to go see a movie right right and it passed that opening weekend but they did have a little thing before that was a recap of all the indiana jones and then they showed mm-hmm. the marriage at crystal skull and there was one joke that i need to shout out and they said uh he gets married at the end, proving that Indiana Jones was the Marion type after all. And I thought, oh, I, I don't like that, Mike. <laughs> I boo that. I boo that man. I boo that joke. I also want to say that's the most fun I had in the theater. I think this whole time. Sure. I'm <laughs> talking yeah. about that marrying scene. This is the only movie that doesn't end with the credits scrolling over the last scene of the movie. Right. Which what, is such a, a fun thing to end the so movie on. Both yeah. bookends. So we lose that. I will say, at wow. least they did red lines on the map showing where they're going. That's, oh, yeah. that's an Indiana yeah, Jones staple. That's, you gotta that's have one that. of those things where you feel they were just their hands were forced. Yeah, yeah. Could you, you cut know this what down this to is. an hour forty-five. No. Oh, at least definitely yeah, like easily. two hours easily. or less. Like easily two hours. Cut a lot of the action easily, easily, easily. So here's what I want to point out. Um, originally, we were going to do a special crossover episode. We we're going to do this with our friends over at the Cargo Bay. BC mm-hmm. and Adam are doing a special series where typically they only cover Star Wars stuff. Now they're jumping into a Lucasfilm. So they're going to do their reaction to Dial of Destiny. They couldn't see it in time, but we would urge our listeners go check out that pod as well. Cause I am curious what their thoughts on this thing were considering that uh, yeah. the three of us all thought it was bad. And Mike is just convinced time travel is better than <laughs> aliens. And that's why the, he's the only holdout he's on this thing. Mike is the highest on it. <laughs> the fucking garbage excuse. <laughs> No, I think beautiful. from what I can tell of Mike, you thought it was okay and you were the highest on it. Yeah, it was okay. I thought it was dog shit. <laughs> I was, I was like, so like if we're doing time travel, if we're jumping the shark, have fun with it. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. So that's, yeah, it, it was fun. It had fun sequence. Just everything. You would, o- you would only enjoy the alien. If somebody got probed at the end, like you really <laughs> want them to like embrace the alien. Too. Yeah, <laughs> I want the alien to embrace me, you know? Well, again, I'm a crystal skull defender. <laughs> I'm a Mutt Williams defender, so we're normies. We're normies <laughs> yeah. on this yeah. podcast. If that's your opinion, guess what? Yeah, I'm sorry. I love timeline. You kidding me? <laughs> this was timeline the movie, Mike. Greek fire. God, I Richard Donner, <laughs> fucking piece of shit. Michael Crichton classic. Oh, anyway. well. Which I believe it. ends with an archaeologist saying, leave me in the past. I want to become history. I believe that is the end of that film. Hey, you know what I say? There Gerard Butler. Oh, yeah. Gerard Butler. You know what I say? Hmm. Leave me in the past before I saw this movie. Oh. That's where I want to go. Hey, why are you speaking Greek to me? Hey, questo capace. Well, right. you know, enough, you know, we, we've, we've done this whole Dial of Destiny gone to the past, but next week, you know, we'll probably be going into the future, right? We're going back to space. Finally. We haven't talked enough about the Superman. Trek, I don't think. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Oh, we didn't mention John Williams. Yeah, John Williams again. John Williams. Here we go. And he said he, he did say this he, was his last film. I think he's retiring. Good. Um, <laughs> wow. I think it's, easy, it's, it's probably Savage. easy for him to make. Like he's 91 years old, but he's already written a lot of motifs any, anyway. Like, yeah. Just, uh, so everybody team. who's here, play back what Indiana Jones sounds like, and they just do it. And he's like, "Great, that," but like slow it down a little. And they're like, "Yeah, yeah you got me. it." Okay. If yeah. you look at his Perfect. recent output, Perfect. it's like this. He did Meet the Fablemans, Star he Wars, did, uh, the Disney Star Wars trilogy, but he pretty much only West Side does Story, Lucasfilm properties, or Spielberg at this point. Yep. So, 
God, you know, God love him. Of the guard. It's like a weird swan do song, you, maybe for this era, like the Spielberg yeah. era. Yeah, all those guys. Lucas. Yeah. Do you guys movie. think George Lucas has seen this movie? <laughs> yes, probably he has. Yeah, I, I, I don't so. know. Did I you don't think he's know. Seen the Star Wars Disney trilogy? I guarantee he has at least seen all three of those. I bet he has not seen all of Mando, all of the, the no, shows, or whatever. Not. Yes. No. He's not watching 10 hours of TV. Could you imagine if he gave his thoughts on Boba Fett season one? I, <laughs> I know, I like Boba Fett because of great. his cool yeah. costume. Right. When he does the spin and shoots, it was cool. <laughs> we put it on Tatooine because we would go out to the salt flats and race hot rods. So to see the, the hot rod. Uh, the, you know, this guy is a real cool guy. His name here's is Here's the Shitta. thing. We're never Shitta. We're never going to get past this. I'm sorry to keep doing this. Mutt Williams is cool because he is George Lucas. He's a little <laughs> greaser boy. He's greaser. It's, yeah. it's yeah. important. It, it's important. This has none of that. None of this relates to any of the people who made it. None of it. No. Even Harrison. No. None of it. It's just the director trying to do Spielbergian, but he's not Spielberg. Yeah. As mandated so. by studio. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So. <sighs> Also, yeah. James Mangold was supposed to make a Boba Fett movie and keeps talking about what it was supposed to be on this press tour. And people were, and he literally says, like, and when I pitched it, they were like, no, don't do that. <laughs> so All it was right. like a spaghetti. Probably would have been better than saying. I'm sure what well, we got. Yeah. Oh, geez. Well, again, we can't change the past. We can, they can't change their past. And this is the movie we're left with. And again, I think it's for me, I put it above Crystal Skull because I, I like the time travel more. Okay, I'm sorry, but that's how I feel. No way. Okay, you, okay, you got homework tonight. Aliens. You're rewatching. Crystal <laughs> I should rewatch Skull, it. Yeah. Rewatching and could just compare yes. the cinematography mm-hmm. yes. and it's just like Mike will be doing an first. update on our next episode to give As you guys a yeah. the truth. You're probably right. Maybe the aliens was just too much. The prairie dog and the aliens really they really irked me. But uh, I mean, you got commie dominatrix Kate Blanchett. Dog. What I else don't. could you ask for? <sighs> I don't know. Matt Mickelson's pretty pretty cool. He, he is math. pretty cool. He yeah. is the true Witcher. All it's right, now head. we have been your hosts. Uh, no, we're not at that part yet. Rewind the dial. Um, as always, when you listen to this podcast, you can uh, find us on all social medias at normies underscore like underscore us, where you can rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. It helps out a lot. Please do not leave any cryptic clues in Greek that we would have to burn a tablet to read. That's not helpful for us. No, we no. don't speak ancient Greek. No, it's, it's I'm not going to be able to figure it out. Greek to me. Yeah. No, it's Greek to Mike. <laughs> yeah. uh, but otherwise, we have been your hosts. This is Dr. Uh, Indiana Collins Sr. That's right. I'm Sean Connery. Yeah. Michael Mikkelsen. We named the dog. <laughs> Collins. Uh, <laughs> this is Indiana Jacob. That's my Junior. Word. Junior, did you go back in time? Yeah, I did, <laughs> Dad. You didn't come and see me when you went back in time, Junior. Interesting. I was talking to Archimedes. <laughs> Bye, Norris. Bye, Norris. Bye.
My name is Gandalf the Grey, and I'm imploring you to leave a like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Don't keep it secret. Don't keep it safe. Don't take me as a conjurer of cheap tricks, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Normies Like Us. Fly, you fools!